And welcome back to WTF and Bonadil. I'm Spicy Ryan, and I tricked your dad into raising you for the rest of your life with... The Fox Danger. And today, we are going to be talking about, one, an update to the last episode with Matsui and Yoshi, not Yojito, Fujito's <laughs> retirement. Uh, there was an interview done in Japanese only, so we have basically the cliff notes from someone in the auction house named Mankey. At least it looks like Mankey to me. And then we're going to be talking mm -hmm. about Ranger. And then, because we got positive feedback on shutting the fuck up and getting right into the episode, we are going to, again, just to respect the listener's time by not respecting the listener's time, do an After Dark, as it was called, um, commentary of how we're doing afterwards. You know, it only took 116 episodes, now this is 117, but we are learning. Weird. These, these random people that we don't know, like they're talking about their day and shit, nobody cares, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Fox, frankly, Weird. that's some of my favorite conversation a lot of the time is how are you doing? So fuck those people. That's fair. Sure. Okay. At any rate, let's get into the Fujito cliff note because I've looked at some people trying to auto translate with because uh, I think Japanese is one of the like if it was Spanish or even German or something, I feel like Google Translate would do a better job. I feel like not only is the nuance lost with the Google Translate on Japanese, but the the context of the response is is kind of you don't get it's it always seems like when it comes to these interviews even if they were in english there'd be that reading between the lines kind of uh yeah we also want to but but you know and they kind of like dance around it with some finesse and nuance and you just i feel like you lose that especially with a translator so even in english should be kind of hard to interpret but let alone being in japanese yeah i can see that we do get lucky enough to have someone that gives us some cliff notes here because this is a, at least a Japanese speaking. I mean, Mankey has shown up over the years on auctionhouse.com as one of the better posters, which is, it's a low bar, I know. But when it comes to Japanese stuff, there is very little input. And Mankey is one of the biggest people that I've noticed over the long term of auctionhouse.com of coming in with just, they don't really post. They just go, hey, I saw this interview and they make, they, they say stuff like they don't have many posts. So. At least they're doing the right thing with it, though. Yes, this is exactly... Here's, here's information you may actually be interested in instead of weird random fighting amongst each other. And this is super great information. <laughs> I wish we had had this when Fujita, when we did the retirement episode last weekend. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been um, It would have been a whole different episode, frankly. Yeah. Um, but I like that it confirms a lot of things. Like, like yes. it, 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 it alleviates a lot of concern that people, I think, had. Yeah. And I think that it's good to have the initial response and then to have a little more clarity added to it, too. So it's it's good to have that initial uh, wave come in before more waves come in. Sure. I mean, I didn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> no one does. Yeah. That's why we had that, that on the episode, too. <laughs> Several times. Uh, yeah. So you want to just dive right into it? or? Yeah. Um... I guess I'll just read off random ones and then I don't know if we want a one for one or whatever. I don't think it fucking matters, but uh, well, I'll read a few. We'll go three and three. So his uh, the notes from Mankey here from the interview, it was dengekionline.com. I've never heard of it, but of course, a Japanese publication, I of course never would have heard of it. So their notes, there's a lot of notes here, bullet points. So Fujito began his career in Final Fantasy XI working on chat and link shell systems, item management, and choco raising, which... You know, if he worked on choco raising, I imagine you could appreciate that a little bit. A little bit, but it's a mixed bag with choco raising. So, yeah, I think it needed patches and never got. But 
I guess it's a base system with no patches or very limited patches that it received. I guess it's something could be said about that. But he became I, director. I would have been really interested in Chugba Racing if they... Raising, not racing. I guess racing also. If they would have just done more with it. <laughs> yes, it's kind of I like... I mean, if they uh, expand on that, it'd be great. <laughs> Pancreation and Monstrosity. Both could have been infinitely better, long-lasting content to this day systems if they had just done a little more of it. I do really like that they added more to Chocobo Digging that it desperately needed to make it relevant again. Uh, many, many moons later. Uh, I think it was like four years ago they changed it. But it changed it so... 26... Oh, so seven years ago they changed it. But it when it did, it had a lot of drops to actually make it worthwhile because for a long time it was garbage. I mean, drops aside, like look at the people who are crazy about stuff like Tetra Master and stuff. I know it's like a niche crowd, right? But if they had really done more with Choco Racing, I imagine there would be some people who logged on to Final Fantasy XI only to do Chocobo Racing and Racing. Oh, absolutely. There's a whole betting system and everything out. in there, Fox. Yeah, it's just it's super low stakes. Nobody cares. Well, since no one bets, you always <laughs> win. You know, that's kind of... You're, you're the whole pot. <laughs> You are the pod. And and the guild value at 75 would matter. Now the Real guild value low. is nothing. Yeah, but yeah, do you want to bet 100 guild? Sure. You still, <laughs> they did try to make Chocobo Raising relevant, not to get on a tangent, with one, including it as a Vorseal in Ryzen Gym, or uh, Esha, and two, before that even, <laughs> the costume of the baby Chocobo, uh, the Polis Torque, which you need a very good chocobo to win that torque. You got to win that swamp race. Carrot knows about it. I haven't done it. The carrot, you won the polis torque, right? She just nods. Did you need a great chocobo? She just nods. Do you want to say anything? She shakes her head now. Already oh, then. Okay. The fucking. I'm, I'm the, the you know the the dog whisperer here. Hmm. Uh, so he became director in 2016. Coincidentally, when chocobo digging was changed. Hmm. And now he's become producer. It says March 2023, but he's not becoming producer till like, what, May, June, when he's taking over, so... Yeah, I think they said it specifically in the other one, but... Yes, so... Good enough. I imagine he's, like, while uh, while Matsui's on the way out, he's probably already doing both roles and stuff, while he just kind of coasts out. But who knows? Like, that's just my guess. Okay, you want to do the next three? Yeah, um, let's see. So, like I was... Like I had mentioned before on the on the last one... It looks like no one is replacing Fujito as director, so he's going to do both. But apparently he's saying that both positions doesn't change anything. And it almost sounds like a the team on was already doing work anyway, like doing that work anyways. I mean, it, it kind of does. But when you look at it, like the higher up the bosses get, typically the more corporate shenanigans they have to deal with as opposed to like actual work. Um, I, again, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. You know, so, we we had gotten comments from um, Outcast that he wishes he was here, but he and I just sent him a thing before this. He said just now <laughs> that he's had the shittiest of weeks and he's in bed already falling asleep, and good luck to us. Oh, that's all good. Yeah, no worries, dude. Um, he would have had great input, and he still does. He said he was going to send an email, but eventually, eventually they'll send that email to wtfinvonadeal at gmail.com. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, um, yeah, he knows more about how they're actually going to act in this particular business, that's for sure. But, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, he goes on to reiterate that uh, he wants the dev staff and be able to work on other projects, and then other people to actually rotate in and work on the 11 project too, that's which I think is interesting. Last time. Yeah, like we didn't have that information. It sounded like people were only being outsourced and not you know, coming in. And um, the fact that you're getting like new people to work on an older project may not sound exciting for the new people, but sometimes it's interesting to see how the old stuff is set up. 
um, you know, and maybe give you ideas going forward. So I can see why they're doing that. I, I mean, I could see if you've only worked on new stuff and it's all the same, going to something that you have no idea and understanding of, it could be more exciting depending on, it could be more annoying to work on, but it could be more engaging and maybe you're just bored and, and not challenged by the, uh, the new stuff because yeah. you know how it works in and out, but then you get to some frustrating clunky system that becomes challenging and maybe you get more engaged in the challenge and trying to, sometimes it's a puzzle Possibly. and you got to figure it out. So, yeah. Um, I'm one of those sorts that don't, I, I'll work on like whatever I get assigned. Like it, everything is interesting until it becomes uninteresting, but I can see the sort of people that would, would think that that kind of works like beneath them to work on old systems and stuff. And I've, I've met those types of people too, that only want to do cutting edge things. Yeah, I can see it. So who knows what you'll end up getting. The problem it, with cutting it's their edge, business, not ours. The problem with cutting yeah. edge is it's, it's always cutting edge until it's not. And then it doesn't matter. But if things are still have stood the test of time for better or worse, I'm not saying the system stood the test of time because it was good. It just happened to be successful. Then going to that, I mean, having something that's lasted for this long, and it should never have lasted even remotely as long. That's something to be said about working on something like that. Yeah. And then it uh, looks like they go on to talk about uh, the collaboration with Granblue. Um, for people who aren't familiar with Granblue, it's basically Final Fantasy Lite. The thing we made uh, fun of constantly. Game. Or at least I, I mean, I, I guess. I, I actually like the Granblue universe because, you know, I'm that kind of nerd as I've been not shy to explain on this podcast in the past. But um, I'm not a gotcha player by any means. Like, I don't like that shit. But um, apparently it's super popular and that brings that brought people in and apparently it was like crazy amounts of numbers that they didn't release but they did say the numbers were apparently unprecedented so it's cool you know collaborative stuff seems to still be working and who knows what they'll come up with in the future for it i assume that's japanese numbers because as i said before i go what the fuck is grom blue why are they so obsessed with grom blue i don't know what the fuck grom blue is i don't care like grom blue because it's not my thing why is this grom blue the unless, focus here but apparently it's a big thing so yeah unless you're into gacha games and unless you're you're into it sounds very japanese anime, yeah, unless you're into obscure anime, you probably have not been exposed to Grand. I think that's very good, though, because this <laughs> game is inherently Japanese. It's international, but it's yeah. inherently Japanese. It's owned by a Japanese company whatsoever and, you know, all that. But if Japan suddenly realizes, rediscovers something over and has a renaissance and it becomes record numbers of internal, um, you know, participation, joining up, signing up, playing the game and so on, it doesn't matter if more people from Europe or America join or something it's relevant that Japanese people join because that makes more of an impression domestically because when you have something that makes money over the long term as a Japanese company, if your own country is providing the revenue source to back that up, that means something. If your country is no longer paying and it's only international and your domestic market is dried up, that also means something. So you want your domestic market to be providing that that source of of I can definitely see where that, that feels safer for sure. Because a lot of Japanese games that don't get released overseas or whatever, and they make them anyway because they know domestically they'll be successful. Honestly, it it always seems like it's easy mode whenever um, a game franchise decides to do crossover events because people go really crazy for that stuff, and it does draw in crowds that wouldn't normally play that game in particular. Uh, I know my buddy, um, he actually doesn't like the crossovers as much, but he's really excited for like the new Tekken release that's coming out, uh, the new game, and... You know, he says that a lot of stuff that he's going to enjoy is going to live and die based on, you know, what kind of crossovers happen and what characters they decide to keep or, you know, that sort of thing. And I see a lot of people um, get excited about crossovers when it comes to games. That's for sure. As a game that's aged over 20 years at this point, when you rediscover something that old, it's kind of like going back to one of the classic games where it's Deus Ex or something that was and it's still good. 
then to rediscover a game and then if you've never seen it especially for an older player which i'm sure japan has plenty of players in their 30s 40s 50s even mm-hmm. uh to rediscover that if you've never played it before is you know they don't make anything like this you're never going to find anything like this but if you didn't know it exists you could be very happy with it so those crossovers could mean a lot i mean to have a crossover for this game even though i poo poo on ground blue i poo on the blue but you don't know why though because <laughs> i don't know anything about it i'm like what the fuck is this and why are we promoting it so heavily why what would the fuck you is this on, on like, this game's got understand. needs get out of here ground blue uh, but, oh god i don't but, know <laughs> but to have a crossover uh at all for a game this old is actually a really big event and it's good to know that for a game that would have no expectation of any crossovers whatsoever to have something be very successful in that regard. It's very good news for the game. And it's interesting to me that it stood out enough to them. Like, like obviously it will if it gives you great numbers, but it stood out enough for them to at least be brought up in this interview where in the same mention they talk about some of the other stuff we're going to be talking about later, like about the continuation of Final Fantasy and everything, Final Fantasy XI. And um, if they mention that in there, maybe they'll do other crossovers in the future. Who knows? But that's just speculation based on speculation so did you do it the, is interesting they're both in the same did you do the fujito thinks it's important part and i'm going into the reasons for the above um Fujito thinks it's important Fujito thinks it's important to provide opportunities to the dev staff to work on other projects using new technology oh yeah 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 that's what i got just because i'm talking about okay. so yeah so reasons for the above being that there is no way that the current dev staff will be supporting ffxi 20 uh 10 20 years from now so that means they want to rotate new people. And so that's also for the, you know, we were very plain last episode, and I've always been very plain about everything ends eventually. So to take that attitude of, hey, you know, guys, we had a good run, which has been a continual attitude since I think even the start of this podcast, you know, we've had a good run, nothing lasts forever. And that's something if you can't embrace that, you really should at least be in a way to have a mindset that can adapt to that because you just can't be, cope with it. <laughs> you can't, you, you're going to have to cope. I mean, and, yeah. unless you didn't care at all, which if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't think that's the case. So <laughs> right. no, no one realizes until they get hit in the face. So I don't know. Some people just love beautiful train wrecks, but um, well, it's really good though, that they're, they're talking well, about even going beyond the current staff with new staff rotated in to support the game longer than what people always go oh ps2 dev kit game over oh staff done game over so they're they're really working on virtualization of the servers uh custom dev kits they even bring up in here i believe and then staff so they're really covering all the bases for this game to just continue so we can pick it up as we please it's even worded vaguely too it's like there's no way the current dev staff will be supporting FXI 10, 20 years from now. That doesn't even say that the game is going to end 10, 20 years from now. It's just saying that the current dev staff won't be working on it. <laughs> so honestly, like that's not even them saying that the game itself is going to end either. <laughs> I mean, in all likelihood, it could definitely be the case. But like, it's just it's just funny how they word these things this way that allow people to just run wild with their imagination. Yeah, that's also the nuance that gets lost in the Google Translate. It's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, let's see. So, so after that, I'm saying so because it says so. So, comma, the numbers of FFXI developers will decrease. However, we also expect other developers on other projects to be rotated into 11 for learning opportunities, too. Um, so that rebolsters the last point. And for 20th anniversary, they began creating the website and, start, uh, and started the VR story from the 18th anniversary. So they've been working on the VR story for two and a half years now. I didn't even realize it's been that long, but I guess it I have has. been doing those missions every update since, yeah. you know, then. I'm really it's actually a pretty robust list. Yeah. 
It's yeah, like sure. it's like Wings of the Goddess when they took literally two and a half years to do that. So I'm happy with that because if something that happened in 11 years ago, Wings of the Goddess, holy shit, then because mm-hmm. uh, it was 2000, it was a long time ago. Um, yep. So 11 years ago would be 2011. I think it was 2008 for Wings of the Goddess. I was doing 2012. So it was even longer than fucking a decade plus ago. Uh, so for something that has this development speed of that, all this time later, when people are more concerned with the life of the game, that's that's very. I'm happy to see that they were able to do something that involved again with even less resources in a similar time frame. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Player numbers increased. Yeah, I mean, we already talked about the Grand Blue stuff. That's what I did to paraphrase all this shit. Uh, I was <laughs> just going just point reading. by point. Player numbers yeah, increased a lot. Yeah, I mean, reading at a bullet point at a time, like, I believe in people's ability to read the FFXIH post, but... Uh, I'll link it in the, the description. I thought we were going to talk about whatever and lump whatever in, so... <laughs> I mean, if, if, you want to hear me <laughs> if you want to hear me reiterate what I said about Grand Blue, I, mean, I guess I could. Oh, uh, okay, it's fine. Uh, okay, so we'll just, we'll just speed run this then. Um... <laughs> Number of players signing up in the month post Grand Blue is unprecedented. Uh, monthly updates to continue for ROE and Ambuscade. So I guess we're getting more ROE in terms of voracious resurgence is what they've been adding to it. But sure. However, it's now going to be difficult to add new content given their dev structure. Yeah, which I mean is stuff they've said before. Every time they've come to you know like an, an end of game holding pattern. It feels like mixed messages um, though. It is a mixed message. It's basically saying, here's the expectation that you can have going forward, but like it's happened before, we know that that can change. You know? Yeah. Uh, Rhapsody's event a deal didn't end the game, right? So and it was supposed to be maintenance mode at that point. They shut down yeah. two consoles out of three. I mean, or two systems or platforms out of three. Sure. So, I mean, they're, they're setting realistic expectations, which is always good, but they're definitely saying it's not ending. And they're saying that you can't expect another voracious resurgence to happen right after you get done with voracious resurgence, I think is like the main. I never message. thought I'd get one. So who cares? Yeah. Some people think they're entitled to it though. Well, well, yes, the typical, um, pseudonyms of eye roll or whatever, uh, is how it sounds. If you roll your eyes, the, the, the were seemingly joyless and unhappy and always have a problem that the things that they've asked for aren't being given. So therefore anything we receive at all is bad. Uh, and complain to no end on public platforms for this game. Yes, those people can go fuck themselves, Fox. But the reasonable players who actually enjoy the game instead of trying to play as a job or just have a healthy balance with it or whatever to make it a good part of their life uh, in terms of, you know, a recreational activity being good for you, then, you know, those people will be happy. And other people are never happy anyway. They're joyless fucks, so fuck them. Sure. Uh, let's see. Um... It looks like, yeah, he wants to make sure that the play environment for players is stable. Is it not stable? Do they mean, like, bots? What is that? What's stable? I, play I, I think I think what he means is that is that he wants to make sure that the game can continue with little maintenance, little possibility of breaking, um, the, okay, so having a reduced team, but still being able to manage the tasks that allow this game to run. I, I think he's focusing mostly on making sure that the continuation of the game, like he had mentioned in the, the prior, you know, letter that we covered last episode. Um... That's at least what it seems like to me. Uh, he wants to focus on things that motivate or get the community together rather than just new content. And he wants to do like seasonal events, you know, uh, even external events of like live stuff. I, I think you, I, I think we saw something like that on the last message where they talked about like, Doing I, I think events. it was on the last message where they did, yes. yeah, events after COVID, you know, so that sort of thing. Um, I think that's cool. Um, 
I like the next idea even more, like as someone who actually cares about playing this game more so than anything else. Well, I um, think I think given <laughs> that the development of this game is winding down and there's less content going to be added and that Granblue was so successful as a motivator for the game, I think it's going to be the revolving door it always was, except more of a wider revolving door for a bigger group of people to revolve in and out of this game, join, quit, join, quit, everyone, Hotel California is this game. So I think having live events... Because they're selling merch to raise revenue to keep the game going. Always good if you want the mm-hmm. game to keep going. And if you, you know, unfortunately, I don't care about the profits of SC, but I care about the game. So I guess that works. But having events, uh, live events that there's also promotional merch, crossovers, whatever, for their entire entire uh, operation, that, that would be a low effort to return when you're not developing for a game to keep the numbers going, engaged, whatever, put out some news bulletins. That that's That's probably the best they can do. Sure. And I mean, sometimes you want really cool merch to have in your house because you enjoy that stuff, right? Do you see those coasters? They look a lot better in person, the little glass ones or whatever. I I would never pay that much for all those coasters, but someone did buy all the the little glass coasters or whatever, and they do look really cool. And it's, I mean, that's, there are, there's a market for that, I guess. I will say that sometimes I'm tempted to buy merch for stuff, not necessarily from FXI, but like, Every time I look at it, I'm like, man, I could spend that money on food or something. Like, it seems like, it seems a little, little extravagant. But I mean, there'll be some people out there for sure that'll get that stuff. And and even as someone who's not going to buy it, like myself, because um, I'm actually a very big. It's going to sound stupid to say, but big minimalist. Um, I am too. Yeah, I, I don't really have a lot of stuff that I like to lug around and. Um, like I, I, I like the idea that, that stuff is out there. It's really cool to look at. Like it's like a museum piece or something. <laughs> as stupid as that sounds too, but uh, I, I'm glad that it at least gives the opportunity for other people to, you know, support the game that way. That's for sure, and end up with that cool stuff. I could fit everything that I want to keep materialistically or materially um, in my car and be done. That's it. I don't have. I do the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't have more than that. If you can't fit it all in your car, you have too much stuff. Depending on, they could have some one weird large object, but outside of some, you know, weird oblong things, then... Uh, oh, shit, shit's going south. Grab your bug out bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just uh, you know, you don't need you don't need to fill a house up with tons of stuff. And like, when I go to people's houses, there's just fucking tons of shit. And I'm like, how the fuck do you live this way? I think you can, but I mean, you'd have to be able to appreciate it. And I think you, you'd have to surround yourself with people that would want to appreciate it as well. So that way you can at least enjoy it together rather than just being that because because there's such a thing as being like a crazy cat person and like being that by yourself and like you, you could replace cat with anything like statuette you know vaporeon poster, cards vaporeon cards nerpions <laughs> whatever um but yeah it's it, anyway it's cool that they're doing that um i like that they're this next idea is like one idea is to create something the entire world works together towards and he's purposely vague about it apparently a better domain and we can expect more details soon so it's like may june apparently yeah like a better domain invasion or something like that like i have always liked the idea of world bosses in this game and if it's something that uh we can work together on and it's not you know cancerous at the end of the day like domain invasion um hopefully it's uh hopefully it's cool but i'm glad that they at least gave some more designed to that because we do a lot of stuff in like small pods small instanced events and things like that and it it's not really very community driven when that's the case like it's very click driven and having something where you have like a world state kind of like 
it, it makes me think of what they did with Adulin, how you have to like raise the colonization and, and everything in, in the Adulin areas. Like I like that as an idea. And I imagine during the time, I didn't play during this time, it was probably a lot more of an effective idea because people probably worked on that stuff actively. Um, if they bring back something at least to a small degree of that and like a world boss, something like that that works into it, um, I think it could be really cool. So the next bulletin is something like conquest, besiege, consecutive record for a server, et cetera, and they put in parentheses. Yeah. He's just raising these as an example. He's not saying that's what they're planning. But when you're talking about everything there, Fox, what I think of, because I've always spoken highly of it, it's been a great experience for a world event, uh, campaign. Oh. Campaign. campaign yeah if there was a campaign 2.0 with tons of hp so tons of people could be on mobs wailing away for cap damage and they would still need multiple people for minutes at a time per mob to fight all these mobs uh like five minutes per mob and you have like 20 mobs and you have need all these people to beat them um then i think that would just be a great event because campaign wasn't full of lag like uh besiege was or these other events especially mirio and shit were and yeah. it was a everyone joined in and participated. It worked better than Walk of Echoes did in that regard for everyone joining in and doing it. Although Walk of Echoes in its time was a good uh, world event, but just having campaign where you have just a zone wide event, which I know it was concentrated on a fort, but you could make it more zone wide. So the lag spread out, the the assets are spread out. It's not burdensome and all the trusts and everything everywhere. Not that you wouldn't have trust, but just they're all spread out, different mobs across the... You'd want a strike yeah. team mission and intercept the mob. <laughs> yeah, you would have various yeah. NMs across the zone with little mobs around them, and you'd beat the little ones, you'd beat the NM, and you'd have various NMs to beat, like in a campaign, but more deliberate. And I think that would be like an amazing world event, because campaign was perhaps the greatest group content for pick-up-and-go that they ever released in this game, and it was so yeah. much fun, always changed, always something new. You could even begin the campaign without getting your campaign tags um, and then get your campaign tags once you're able to fight your way to the NPC. <laughs> like, yeah, it was it was really cool in design. And honestly, it seemed like the zone was just prepared for those kinds of spawns. And it just didn't treat it as an instance event like the rest of the shit is. Like how when you go to Domain Invasion, it segregates you from reality. Yeah, I really like that. when you're not and you're in the actual zone yeah. and things are happening around you. So if you, you just have all the, the like podiums system. aggroing you too while you're doing this and they're not even part of it. Yeah. If they just took the campaign system, threw it on any zone in the game, it could be fucking Adeline. Doesn't matter. Just took that exact system, whatever code it is, and just copy paste it and, and change whatever. I'm, I'm oversimplifying. I'm sure it's very involved and wouldn't work like that. And just changed, puts a bunch of mobs in the load in, took the exact campaign logic of, of whatever they had, and set it with higher stats, tons of HP and stuff. They could send it into Adeline or whatever as an event, and that would just be a wonderful world event. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but just if they're doing some world event, I mean, campaign would be exactly what I would love to see. Yeah. Yeah, it'd also be really interesting to see, like, it wouldn't be for the same story-related reasons, but you, you'd at least see, like, uh, Crystal War stuff from the uh, the Wings of the Goddess like coming true in our timeline, but just differently. I wish like, cool I, I, I just, I just timeline. think that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. How cool were the pixies? Because I didn't even believe it would happen when the, when Wings of the Goddess came out. And they're like, oh. they're like, yeah, if you kill pixies in the present, they don't respawn. I'm like, pixies won't respawn in the present. They're not I wish, I wish they, they had did. more of an impact than they did. I remember one time I was raised by one, I think. Dude, I was raised I so many times raised. by pixies because yeah. I always died because I'm stupid. <laughs> there you go. Like I remember that was really cool, but it, they didn't come into play. Us. Like 
I, I remember when they first announced that kind of system and like people were speculating you wouldn't need to wait for like a red mage or a white mage to heal a party anymore. You could just camp on top of a pixie and like I was like, uh, that's Dude, not gonna happen. I had <laughs> moments in the past where I knew I was in a pixie's wandering path and I would wait 25 minutes AFK for the pixie to come and raise me. Multiple <laughs> times in my life had that happened. Maybe been walking. <laughs> maybe five or six times that, that happened where I waited like 30 plus minutes for a pixie to come raise me. That's funny. Oh, man. I knew the pixie would wander in this area. I didn't die in a bad spot, but it would it would be just something like um, 75 cap. I'd be leveling Summoner on Giga's Pets, the Tigers, in the past in, um, in Vunkrel or something. And if I died in a spot out there doing a mission or whatever, I think I even died just doing the mission with the, the mob that counters the orc mob for one of the missions many, many moons ago when the cap was still 75. And I just waited for the pixie to come raise me because I'm like, fuck this. I'm not... I'm not. It's a long walk back then. Yeah, man. back then when you move so slow, it's a long walk. There was no chocobos. You, you actually saved time waiting thirty minutes dead. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's no chocobos or anything. Yeah. You would have to run. Well, you had to get a retrace to the past. Now you can chocobo from the past. No, for initially you didn't have chocobos in the past for quite a while. Oh yeah. Yep. I did love how the past. I'll, I'll make it ten seconds. How the past had the zones added slowly for Wings of the Goddess, but missions also would expand to those zones. Like, Busadine didn't exist, and he would go to Busadine later when missions were added, uh, and stuff like that. I, I did like the expanding feel. I know Voracious Resurgence doesn't have that because there's no zones and stuff. At least they will be adding one, apparently, in this, but... Uh, and it was sieging cool. the North zones. Okay. Yeah, it's cool stuff. They said they'll account for population differences across different servers with this new idea. They plan to continue with uh, the digest, the every month but may not be as frequent okay that's i guess not every month now that's just fine well, I mean, because if they're not releasing something yeah yeah they should digest for it uh want to address Hi, here. enjoy <laughs> i think this is one of the coolest ones too because for how much of a harden i have for fucking these bots is want to address unauthorized play more going forward well i mean if they're not uh if they're not actively updating anything you know if they're just maintaining uh everything then they may have more time to Put resources They'd have more incentive to go after the bots too because you're not adding content. You want to protect the content you have and if bots are fucking that up, you go after the bots. Sure. It also, it. it also would encourage those players that refuse to leave because they get banned. There's several of them, Yonrin or whoever, who always get banned and come back. That would encourage those players to come back again. <laughs> Start all over again, influence the economy, raise money again, everything. There you go. Cycles. Cycles of degeneracy. And they said the event of Race Resurgence is in May a couple times now. So I still mm -hmm. think it'll be June or July because they're going to be put back as they tend to be. So I would anticipate June. Sure. I mean, you can always just prepare for the worst case and be pleasantly surprised when everything's on track. So try to do it. Well, why not? Uh, preparing final bottle content for two years and want to create something fresh and unique. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to see that they approach the final battle differently for this. I'm hoping it's not the world boss that they're talking about, but I mean, it very well could be with how epic they're playing it up to be. So who knows? Um, maybe that's why he has to be vague. But uh, I, I'm just hoping that it's difficult. Like, I know what the final boss is. I think most people who've done the missions, it should be very, very obvious. Slash, you've already fought it once. And I hope it's actually difficult. <laughs> yeah, because with, <laughs> with Rhapsody's, the Rhapsody's boss was a unique boss we've never seen repeated yet. Not that I'm saying they couldn't repeat it. I think they should reuse that boss. I think that'd be great. They, it's already programmed. Just reuse it and make it harder. 
Um, oh, they won't be reusing that boss for this. No. Well, I'm just I'm not saying for this. I'm saying oh. I was on a, on a tangent of world reuse boss? that boss oh. would be good. Not for the world boss or anything. Just reuse that boss for something. It'd be great. But <laughs> the ROV fight for Rhapsodies, the final one against the Cloud of Darkness, spoilers, was, I think, a great boss. Uh, interesting yeah. design, interesting abilities, uh, you know, good. That fight should have been so much harder than it was, or at least longer. Cause, cause it is for newer people, though. I guess it is for like, newer people I, to lose, but... I'm kind of selfish in this way. Like, whenever I see someone, like, in a, in a link shell or something, ask for help with that, I go out and help them because that fight is awesome. I love watching but this then stuff in I, the background. But then I also raffle rape the fight because, obviously, I'm, you know... I level 119 with like V25 clears. So like anyone who has a character like that is going to be able to destroy cloud of darkness. But um, when I remember the first time I fought it and I did not have all that stuff. And I actually like was, it was in a part of the game where like there were lots of people like that. So I fought it as a group of people um, who actually needed the clear. It was a really fun fight. And that's what kept bringing me back to it. That with the unique battlefield and the mechanics on it. I just thought it was really neat. Yeah, I go blue and turn my back and make the weak person in Sparks gear fight it forever. Sure. I just make sure they don't die, and I just keep carrying them. And they say, "You're gonna kill this. I'm here. You're gonna kill this." Yeah, I'm not gonna do anything like that. That's... Well, I mean, it takes them forever to fight. They get to watch the animations, the music, and they get to feel like they're part of the, the battle. So there you go. Yeah, I'm only gonna prevent them from dying. That's it. And if not, I might just let them die <laughs> and then raise them and, and let them rest. I'll make that fight go on for 20 minutes. This is your final fight of Rhapsodies, man. Enjoy if, if you wanted to have it simpler or easier, you should have prepared yourself better. So this is what you get. They will win, but... So they said Let's that see. they're releasing um, a new area. Uh, the new area will be the first area they've made since Ryzen Jima, which if we recall That's was so like awesome. 2016. And Ryzen Jima is a great area in terms of... A, I, lot of, a lot of people, including myself, never thought that they were going to make a new area. So I think this is great news. This yeah. is fantastic. I think Ryzen Jima really could have had more done to it to make it a better, more involved area. But for what yeah. it has in it, it has enough content. I mean, there's fishing in the, in the stupid orb. There's stuff that drops there uniquely for food, like the bamboo shoots and stuff. And it's got enough variance, and, and it's a great environment in Ryzen Jima. So if anything remotely close to that is made, uh, that's great. But it says it was made years ago, and uh, the dev has since moved on from that <laughs> from that project. And they've asked them to come back and help. Imagine that. Hey, hey, guy from from seven years ago, you want to come back and help us with this thing you made? You did a great job before, and we're trying to do something with it. (laughs) Well, they outsourced Adeline, so that would be part of Adeline, no? Or maybe a different team, who knows? I don't know. Because they said in an interview or whatever before, they outsourced Adeline to create it because they thought it would be a good payoff, and it was. Um, Let's see. So they talk about the, uh, the VR delays, and honestly, they should have just said this from the beginning that their dev equipment broke and they had to reassemble it themselves. I know they said like vague things along those lines, but the dev equipment breaking, causing the delay, that's understandable. Like shit breaks. Dude, I think if, <laughs> if they said the dev equipment broke is why there was delays, people would have been much more thrilled than like, oh, this is what they always do. Da, 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 da. Just, just tell them it broke. Even if it didn't break, just tell them it broke. And they go, oh, okay, well, shit breaks. It's, it's fucking 20-year-old materials. They break. Um, it just feels honest. I'd rather them just be honest with me. Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> Instead of like hiding it behind like business speak for we can't commit to anything. I hate that. They are confined to that. So, yeah, I know. But it's refreshing to see that. And that's why I wanted to state something about it specifically. Um, let's see. He understands the players might feel uneasy hearing that, but he assures that their <laughs> commitment and desire to improve their side will never change and they'll continue to find out new opportunities. 
Yeah, so it sounds like they're more concerned with with saying that things that run the game or make the game possible to continue into the future broke. And when you when you say they broke, we don't assume like, oh, it's broken for all time and eternity. We assume, oh, it's just okay, a setback. You fix it and go on. Like if your engine, if say you drive a Mini Cooper and your timing belt gets hit by something on the road, and you have to, you know, take a bike ride or something to go get that handle. Take a bike ride. Take a bike ride. It's an inside joke from our from yeah. Fox's last static. So. so, and say that happens, you know, you, it happens. You just go, "Hey, my timing belt got fucked up by some debris on the road." You don't just go, "Oh no, your car will never run again." You go, "Oh, shit happens." Instead, they fe- they they seem to fear in that last note that like, "Oh, if we say something broke, people are going to feel like uh, the game's over or something." That's really weird to me. Yeah, I've talked before about me just fixing the things that are wrong rather than just going out and buying new ones. Um, I do that with like my computer, I do that with my car, uh, basically anything. And I, I don't see anything wrong with stuff breaking and then fixing it. But I guess like he's speaking to people who aren't me as well. So I can understand that too. This is still in a Windows 8 winning Windows 10 computer, Fox. This whole operation is possible with old tech. Yeah, I think I'm on Windows 7 too. It's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, Odyssey's done at V25. Yeah, Sorties continuing. Also, yeah. Yeah, I was really happy to see Sorties continuing. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, they're putting new areas in it, and from what I understand, it's not listed here. But that is that is a very interesting prospect that we could have like new floors or something potentially. And I think it'll make Amanon <laughs> more popular to fight, even if it's the TPG's method. That's fine. I mean, as long as people are fighting it for once, because no one fights it, that'll be great. And if you go to other areas in there, that's even better. Because as far as I thought, Amanon was going to be like the last boss of the area. It's 149. It's really high content. It provides all the stuff that everyone's after, the the, the galley, the plus one box, 100%, all that stuff, the star 100%. So I go, I'm okay, excited. cool. Final boss tribute. But I, I'm excited about more people needing to fight it because maybe they'll come up with other ways to fight it, even if it's harder. We're because one thing about the Amazon fight, they would have to. yeah, I mean that is a big assumption, right? It would be but, reasonable if they're expanding past that you have to beat that because you had to do the top stuff to get to the basement. Sure, you got to do the basement to get to him. So, and, sure, and they said but, it's going to be time gated behind all this, so it sounds like you're going to do all of that stuff and in sequence as we've been doing to get even further. Okay, but uh, with it being so narrow as to how to kill him with our current strategies. I, you know, forcing people to need to do that to do the new content would mean that it could potentially open up other ways of fighting him. And I'm all for that because as much as I like specialized strategies and making things really efficient when possible, um, having more breadth of play and the ability to play other jobs is something that I really enjoy too, because, you know, there's a reason I play every job (laughs) and that's because I I enjoy playing every job that isn't thief and now ranger. Um, so. Yeah, I would be very happy too, because if we look at the context of this overall thing, content for a couple of years, new area for the first time since 2016 or so, and everything, and they're adding the sortie further, if we're not getting, because they're scaling on the dev team, working on their stuff, routine them out, and then if we're not getting even more stuff, it makes sense that a mob that we struggled to beat beyond cheesing it, because we haven't been able to, no one's beaten us beyond cheesing it. Uh, So a mob that we struggle to beat is in their interest and in our interest, because like with Bumba V25 until we finally cheesed it to win again. It's the same thing with, with Bumba V25 as Aminon. Um, it's, it's not a V anything, so it's just Aminon. Uh, just break the mechanics. <laughs> yeah, to, it, it, it's, you could argue, and I think you're not wrong to argue, that it's poorly balanced because 
there's no clear path. You could also argue that we haven't figured out the proper way to do it or it's supposed to be extraordinarily hard, but it's in their interest to make content that's beatable, but just kind of ridiculous and pisses us off. Not too much that we don't want to do it, which I think is the real balancing that they work on, but enough that we would be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to beat this thing. So they, they have to make, if they're making less content, they're going to make it more, uh, less run in and kill it and be done quickly. I think more players would be satisfied if there was less of a randomness feel to it and more of a skill-based feel to it when you lose. Yes, I, I wish it was more content. more structured out into... Ha- I would rather have more HP for a longer fight in a time-limited event with clear mechanics that I have to attack with various jobs instead of being limited to just preventing them from doing any mechanics to beat them, uh, beat the mechanics themselves. They could always still update Aminon to reject Absorb TP if they're in, uh, increasing Sortie's breadths here, so... If they ever yeah, if, if he doesn't want it, yeah, if they don't want us to do it that way, he could just straight up resist dark magic. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it'd be all dark magic. It'd be have to be absorbed spells because I think Asper is an important part of that fight. So, well, assuming you have to kill with a mage. Well, yes. Well, you, you wouldn't want to prevent all dark magic though. So, just absorb <laughs> <Rip> TP. <death. laughs> I think they could program absorb TP specifically as a resistance. So, oh, probably. Uh, let's see. So new, new master trials, new music. New music for VR. Sure. Okay. Probably yep, the last there's new music for VR. Yeah, Master Trials is the last part here, really. Okay. Um, yeah, so you want to see Master Trials. Um, this is one of the main things that I'm concerned about whenever they release new gear is, yeah, sure, we have harder content, but when you're beating the hardest content to earn gear, then what are you using that, that gear on afterwards? And now we're making a prime weapon to be used in content, so they're actually doing it in the right order, as I feel. And uh, that is just great news to hear that they're at least they at least know that they release they release equipment to use and that we need content to use it on to be relevant. So I would appreciate a master trial against Lilith, the last uh, Wings of the Goddess boss, a master trial of that. Just redo them. uh, I mean, they released it as a high tier battlefield, but make it a master trial instead. Like not not specifically Lilith, but when when I'm thinking of that, I think of two type wave bosses where. There's mode one like Promathia, mode two, and mode one of Lilith, mode two. Because I appreciate when there's very different mechanics between bosses, so I can structure my group to encounter two things at once to do stuff. So I, I like it keeps the job availability open. I can go pup or whatever instead of having to go just black mage for Aminon or whatever. And then I can take a Geo or a Bard or whatever to mitigate magic or to mitigate physical, and we set the group up around so we can kind of do certain things. I would appreciate they had master trials that have more than just one fight because as cool as the essentially the heroin 2.0 polearm one is which i think is one of the cooler ones there is they're really kind of just like unafraid of the dark you just go in with different damage types it was cooler when it came out but now you can do it in like seven minutes you can just go in you go yeah. to an hour fight that used to take 40 or 30 to 40 minutes it takes like seven minutes now you just go in and kill everything so well I, yeah mo- i mean outside of the heroin one like we had a very distinct power level when the other ones got got released, and now they're talking about master trials clearly with our current power level in mind. So I've got pretty high hopes that these are pretty I, actually I pretty well placed hopes that, they, that these they'd will be, be now modern difficult. master trials and they would be adjusted yeah. to our stats. Oh, I think yeah. they should reward us after struggling through V25s that most people skip and stuff to release content that is even harder in terms of not necessarily surviving. The problem's been surviving, but a DPS. Um, like putting that to work, a DPS defensive ability, everything that we have from all these pieces of gear, employing them. So, and my favorite part is that they have assets, they 
if not implemented for the white aura weapons that will be used as rewards. I am hoping that I get my fucking katana uh, laser blade weapon thing. I think it'll be both. I, ha- I have all of the other ones. I-, I have every single Master Trial weapon, and I always wanted... Um, I-, I always wanted ones for some other weapons, like specifically like Katana, because I play Ninja whenever possible. And, uh, yeah. I- one of the biggest letdowns that I had was that for beating all the heroines, like, I only got a pole arm that didn't catch fire when I drew it. Like, I was really hoping that they'd have the fire animation. But just the fact that they have other other uh, white glowy weapons tells me that you know they they at least have could have something lined up where people could have uh uh other weapons of choice who knows they said it'll be quite difficult content sure which is great that's what we want i I want like black and white was very challenging years ago and i was really frankly it was a bit annoying until you found out what you do as all fights are when you just had to spend 250 merit points and and redo them again but it was very satisfying to beat black and white many many moons ago with like five minutes left or less knowing that yeah. you, you went through this fight giving it your all being a the the rune fencer you needed with a bunch of rangers and stuff in the background doing that yeah, fight. black and white and sealed fate were always really tight time trials yeah, yeah. and that was cool because that was part of the suspense am i going to beat this in time because an hour is quite an investment so yeah it's a it's a huge investment, especially when you have to be like so calculated throughout. And now that there a lot less of that calculation is there because we have so much room for error, it's not nearly as suspenseful as the old trials were. That's for certain. I think a lot of people who <laughs> go in and fuck around and still win don't appreciate how that margin of error should have cost them versus going in a second time. Because when we we've seen this with the V twenty fives where we go in and we go oh oh we like got destroyed and we go in again we go oh this fight went dramatically better that's the margin of error that they had to balance around that we don't really appreciate yeah i remember people used to have to go into like such minutia for like your your dps checks and like the rotations for like something like sealed fate i remember when i went in and uh i actually won with my my hand-to-hand um i was monk and i went in and beat that shit with safari (laughs) so that's good though you know, it's, I mean, I guess so. Like, it, it was a little less difficult because I think, like, when I got that particular piece, the um, the V0 version of the Odyssey gear was out. Yeah, the V0 version was out. So, like, we had more magic vision than we were used to, I guess. Um, but, like, nowadays, I imagine it's, like, far more trivial than even that. So they said, but, yeah, that, I, I remember I used Safari for fun, though. They said <laughs> that VR completion will be required to finish Prime Weapons. Yeah. Which is cool because they're like getting this in the right order. So you have to complete VR, you can finish prime weapons, and then you can finish your prime weapon after that at your own pace. So that means it's going to like extend into the content they have planned going forward. So Fujito said that since it's time gated content, people could be, if they're quick, finish it within this year, which means six, seven months from May, assuming it's May. So it's going to take half a year due to needing to go into sortie. So when I said they had to release new content for prime weapons, maybe they just release more sortie for prime weapons. Which, depending on how they do it, could be a thing, I guess. But they seem to be gating, instead of Aeonics, where you go in and kill everything in one day and you're done, because people can make an Aeonic mm-hmm. in a single day, they seem to be gating it behind sortie points, which is going to be galley, it's going to be other drops, like the uh, Achondrite version 2.0s they'll make, I'm sure. Uh, so they're going to time gate these, which I think is the proper way to do it, because everyone complains about the coalitions and stuff for, for Geo and stuff, but you should not have the best stuff to face roll everything in the game that quickly where you can just run into the game, make a relic in one day, make an Ionic and, and yeah, especially with something, joining. I guess, powerful as an Idris because Idris is yeah. like clearly Idris above is, is you know, other relic weapons or other Rima's. 
So I, I think time gates are good for a game, especially a game that has a subscription base. You want certain time gates. People should want to enjoy the game. So just going, oh, I'm going to make the best weapon and then get bored or just have the best yeah. powerful stuff without caring. It should be for the people who are most interested to fight the hardest content. It should be a sort of tiered stepping system. So it's good that it's going to be time gated. I'm sure people are going to complain and bitch in auction house because they always do and they're they're not happy. But you know, it, it's it's more important for a design standpoint, I think, to have certain restrictions. Time gates can be overbearing. I'm not saying they can't be, but we'll see how it goes. I, I do think we need more of a time gate and stuff we have now. I'm usually not in any rush. I think I would be more excited for this process overall if they would just tell us what the damn things do, so I know which one to make. Because like, I don't want to start making one and then find out that like after all this time, I, you know, it's 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 going to be less cool than you know a remind currently you don't want it to be an su four five weapon that you don't want exactly yeah so who knows hopefully they'll be hopefully they'll be awesome and not just like aonix v2 (laughs) so he says that the time gated contents take around half a year he says his mission is to somewhat somehow preserve final fantasy 11 doesn't know what form that'll take well we know it's not going to be a mobile game (laughs) right it's not going to be a fucking nexon game god fucking thanks it's clearly not happening. Maybe they're just going to reapproach cloud stuff. I don't know. I think they've talked about that before. Yeah, they did last last uh, episode they talked about virtualizing the stuff. They even said this one. They're still moving the hardware to virtualize. So I think I think things will be good. We can go about our lives, hopefully focus on ourselves a little more and be happier. And then the game will still be here if we want it. Yeah, so they specifically say right here the F- end of FXI is not near, and they are focusing on stabilizing the the play environment. They you know, said, they they say that they're not going to like release prime weapons, and then when you're halfway through it, you know, just continue service. So. Yeah, they said they can end service midway through of prime weapons. <laughs> right. Yes. They said they're focusing I mean, on stabilizing for quote years to come end quote. So that's good. I think I think that is a great follow up to the last episode. I think so too. That's that's really that that's warm and fuzzy to me. That's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with that, I think we're going to get into Ranger here, Fox. Oh, are we? The pew. Yeah, pew you you goo. wanted to talk about Ranger for some reason, so I guess we'll do it. <laughs> well, I figured, you know, when I said let's work on Ranger, I didn't consider it would take us 50 minutes to do this, but I don't think Ranger is a very long episode, so maybe it's a good combo because I don't think, I think we can really ass blaster out here some Ranger action because it's just a, uh, a pew pew boy that doesn't do many things besides sit in the back and shoot or do Savage Blade. It's just a DD. It's it's not it's not Geo. It doesn't have fancy stuff besides yeah, it's got Shadow so, and stuff, but I mean that's it. It's Ranger. When we were lower power level, I used to love Ranger. Like I I love taking Ranger to stuff like Omen, you know, and having a real fight and stuff. And you know, while I could do like cap damage true flights and things like that, like, you know, it 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 doesn't require Gastro, by the way. You can do it with foam. Um it's neat and all. But I liked it when you could abuse Ranger's amenity control a little more. Like, uh, I remember specifically on fights like um, like Foo, for example, was a big ranged fight that uh, pe- that a lot of groups tried to make ranged because of his, uh, his uh, AoE uh, stat absorb. Um, blasting him was cool, and it was really awesome when you had, like, an Annihilator, right? But you had to be really careful that you didn't pull hate with your skill chain damage, because you had to understand those mechanics. Stuff like that made Ranger really interesting. Um, I actually, even though the tree is, like, strong against it in low-man groups, I actually killed uh, Yakshi for a lot of people as my Ranger. Um, simply because you could bring him down at range, and if a Paladin tanked it with Cano Pierce, uh, tanked the Cano Pierce, like, nobody would die. 
Like th- there's there's a yeah, lot of using, really safe using play true with fight the against Yakshi and and Esha was very big because you'd stay out of range and the Paladin would never die with Akus because of his because oh, of his magic really, reduction. So it's a rune I've never used true flight on it. Um, I oh, actually I, just I, used people last would time. take um, Geo and stuff and spam true flight because you could make skill chains oh. and close with true flights with magic boosting. Oh, there you go. I'd see um, that because it resists yeah, piercing intensely, but you get TP and you do magic. Um, but I didn't really, uh, I don't know. It, it didn't translate well to me for like the more powerful stuff. And I'm sure there will be those people who will be like, yeah, but now you can sort out all sorts of really cool numbers with it. And that was really never the purpose of Ranger for me. I just thought it was a more interesting job with a more interesting approach. It always felt like you were, um, you were like a melee black mage, a version of a mage where you were doing like physical damage at range. And, you know, you have obviously true flight as well. But it never, it never really felt like it was the only DD ever, even in the era where people thought that True Flight Ranger was the only way you could clear Wave 3. Um, that was never true, and that was never the case. Um, it was just a way to do it. Um, Ranger kind of fell off for me, personally, when Hovershot came out. <laughs> Because it, it kind of enforced like a playstyle where you really want to do those cool numbers. And I think you can do really cool things with Hovershot. And I before the episode, like I even talked about a specific point I wanted to make about Hovershot and how it could be a really cool idea. And and this is it. Like if this game were Final Fantasy 14, where there were clear zones on the field that you had to avoid. Well, yeah, you're gonna rush all you want. I, I don't really care. Like this is how it's to, this is how it could be better implemented. Well, I'm just um, the idea of, of of circles to dodge. Well, that's the point of hovershot, though. Like if you're moving, you might as well move with purpose. Okay. I, I'll Otherwise, you, you could just stand there and shoot things, right? So if you had things that you needed to dodge in like certain ranges, then you could at least use hovershot with the manic, with, uh, like integrated with the mechanics of the fight. Um, I see a lot of people like strafe side to side with hovershot. And I guess that makes sense because you strafe side to side it at, at, at fast speed. Yeah, but you can also strafe forward and backwards too. I guess. Um, nothing stops you from doing that and going into true shot range and, and dipping back out of it. Well, if you go side so, to side, you circle around a mob, you're still in true shot range. If you go back and forth, you're out of true shot range for one of those shots. Or you're out of true shot range and you go into true shot range because it's too dangerous to stay there full time. Yeah, that there's would be, a lot of different ways body, you can approach it. One, one situation is still staying in true shot range and one is not. Yeah, I mean, it'd be the same. The same would be true for food too. If you decide to do it range style, I guess. You know, there's there's lots of fights where you could apply that too. Um, and going forward, who knows? Like with the with the content being more difficult, like they just kept on saying, like maybe you could do that. And and I think that that hovershot is interesting if you're actually using hovershot with the flow of the fight. But with people just running back and forth and like shooting your body until it dies or it kills you. Like Arrow Body specifically, and part of it was due to the garbage rune fencer tank we had at the time. Um, doing Arrow Body like 25 times as Ranger, um, as cool as your damage was, like to, to do a ranged attack that did like 70k damage is crazy. It feels really good, but it gets so boring. And I, it, it basically took all of my desire to ever play Ranger again away. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, there, there are exactly two jobs I have on mules right now. Uh, that I can't access. Ranger is one of them and Core is the other. And the only reason Core is there is because I play with a bunch of Cores that are just simply better geared. So um, 
yeah, I, I, I Mule Ranger, I never want to touch it again. And honestly, the job itself became very unfun for me. But that's not true for a lot of people, though. So if I talk about this job and maybe I seem a little down on it, that's just the backstory as to why. But this job is a really great job. It just only does one thing, and it's damage. So that's all you don't do, expect anything else. All Warrior does is damage, too. I mean, we kind of were, probably, well, we were surprised by Dark Knight or Warrior, whatever we've touched on. So, Well, Warrior, Warrior can at least like absorb damage well. Encounter. And I mean, with and you, you can set up sure sets that, that do all sorts of things. Ranger doesn't really do that as well. Ranger's paper. Yeah, but I mean, everyone can strap on Naomi, right? Or even malignance. Yeah, and I guess. But if that was the standard, I mean, you need more gear than Naomi for like a warrior has better gear for what it does than just Naomi. Naomi, like I throw Naomi in my black mage doesn't mean anything really. I mean, it's great in the front line when I want to take not as much damage, but it's not like. Not like oh I'm in Nayame that that's that's great for me it's just it's just what I have to use and it's a great base but it's not you know it's not everything for my job's needs. So a majority of the content out there can be completely cheesed cheese by that gear. Now sure. Ranger can completely cheese it with that gear. Um, you're just not going to see it perform that way on like the higher end stuff where you know performance actually matters. Uh, instead, you're going to try to abuse its its range weapon skills and even its range attack damage if you have an Empyrean. And and honestly, as much as I <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with Armageddon, like Armageddon is probably one of the better Empyrean weapons um, for the fights where you actually need it. Or or sorry, you don't need it, but you want it. <laughs> I thought yeah, it was interesting that, that Ranger gets extra damage limit traits too, so it, and its gear yeah. gets damage limit for Ikenga and stuff as well. So it seems like they wanted to gear Ranger to be more uh, princess buffs, as we always called Ranger, that where you need all extra attack to take advantage of all the damage limit traits and gear you get. Yeah, but I mean, on stuff like Arabati, you're probably never getting there. Like you're probably not using all of it. There's a huge chance you're not using all of your PDL. Yeah, because you need so much extra in buffs based on because Arabati's not getting defense down unless you have Angon or Box Step or something, and that's not what's in your setup for Ranger for sure. Yeah, definitely not. So you even um, with even with bolster, you're still not. You get to be certain multipliers over that defense that's not been lowered enough, and it's yeah. just not happening. Yeah. So yeah, you'll you'll you could pretty easily you know definitely breach like seven K range attack way higher than that. I'm pretty sure you can get into five digits, but. Um, because there's a like like I said, or like we've said, there's a, there's a lot of multipliers that go into range attack damage as opposed to other jobs, um, particularly with the crits. And Ranger is interesting in that there's a several ways to play Ranger. Um, I'm typically more of a fan when people like play Rangers as Rangers and not as melees, um, because Ranger has a lot of uh, very special abilities that that allow it to perform better that way. Um, I see a lot of people trying to like ham fist a Kraken club into their builds and sure if it works, it works, but it's really not that it's not really that much better than like a blurred knife. Honestly, um, it does have more attacks per round. Sure. But well, are we, are we tackling K club already? Fox? That's really early. We'll just turn the I episode mean, off. That's it. I mean, people are going to talk about it, right? So yeah, like, it's like just... dragooning K club with, with nagling in the main hand, same, same exact thing. Sort of, because you get job ability haste on Dragoon. But, I mean, people people go nuts for that. Those are the two jobs that make use of K-Club, really. It's really funny that Ranger actually has, like, one of the best Savage Blade setups in the game. Because, like, you could, you could, you could, with a full set of Naomi, you have a Savage Blade cape, you have a TP bonus bow, you have a... Uh, the bow is big. An, an arrow that is almost as strong as a single piece of your Naomi gear in terms of what it's doing for your weapon skill. 
uh, it gives well, you 20 strength and 10 weapon skill. Because when they think about that, they don't think about an arrow adding anything to your weapon skill. Yeah, so, okay, so they have a TP bonus bow. You go through Trial of Magans to get it. It's plus 1,000. It's just like what the cores use with the gun. Mm-hmm. So if you understand that concept, there you are. Um, you're going to equip an ammo piece. Now, the ammo pieces, um, there's certain unique ammos that you can only have one of, and therefore you very much don't want to shoot. And there's a very particular arrow called a Hoxbach arrow. And that arrow is never meant to be fired. It's rare exclusive. You get it from Domain Invasion. Uh, cost a 1,000 points to get. Um it gives you tens, or it gives you uh, twenty strength and ten weapon skill damage, and when you equip that in your ammo slot, along with your TP bonus gun or TP bonus bow, and you do Savage Blade, and you have like a ridiculous amount, a ridiculous amount of uh, of uh, strength and weapon skill damage in it, that that Savage Blade is going to go nuts, and it does, and because your offhand is not limited, like you can use your Kraken Club when appropriate as rare as that will be and uh you know you could use your your blurred dagger and and savage blade like corsair and ranger are in pretty unique positions to get tp very quickly and really abuse the tp bonus on those weapons with damage and the fact that with accuracy bonus with conserved yeah yeah you you can definitely play that way um but it really only lends to that one play style whereas i think with the ranged weapon skills you get a better breadth of play style and you may get lower DPS, but it's like safer play a lot of the time. Um, Which is what you want Ranger for in general when people think about how they want Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like I've said before, like Hovershot soured my opinion on it, but you really only use Hovershot for a very small amount of things. Um, really well, Ranger, when you, when you approach it, it just depends on the situation. Like it's very context sensitive to what you're fighting. It's like a better damage dealing Corsair for a lot of situations. And people kind of don't yeah. take it that way because they don't have roles. So they don't take it because they want roles from a core because the group needs that DPS. But as a DD itself, it really has the same potential offensively and defensively, of course, offensive being much better than a core in terms of getting on the front line with that, that light armor meleeing, having really good traits over the Corsair, for example, uh, and just going to town. Yeah, I mean, we, we've taken rangers into, like, Shoal Sea Farms, and they've been perfectly fine DDs. Um, I, I do like, not to cut you off again, I do like how ranger and modern endgame has more ability to melee and do more upfront combat with the option to weapon skill piercing while doing it, like a Corsair always kind of has, like it should have done as a ranger, by description, would, that it has nowadays, so... Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of content. Like if you like low manning things, there's a lot of content that a tank, a scholar and a ranger will just destroy. Yeah. Just those three jobs are all you really need. Rangers underexplored by players. They just kind of take it to fights like Arabati and go, Oh, I need ranger for this. And they don't really play ranger. Oh, I need, I need ranger for uh, C and G and uh, my setup here or something (laughs) like that. And and sortie. So I need a ranger people, you know, let's play ranger. Otherwise I think ranger is really cool for the fact if you have a tank, you have low enmity, long-range DPS. You have slashing uh, weapon skill and piercing weapon skill and magic weapon skill options you don't get with other DDs. And to have that flexibility, yeah, you don't want hate on you, but that's a ranger you don't want hate. So it's it's cool to have those options and be able to play in different manners as a ranger that way and, and go to town. And people really don't explore the job like they, they could. Yeah, well, I mean, ranger's pretty good at mitigating hate, too. And, yeah, know, that, that's you, a draw. When you, when you narrow yourself in, yeah, you and you don't play it in all the ways that are possible and you only do it one way and you only spam true flight or whatever, then you're really kind of shooting yourself in the foot. You're like, (laughs) you're, you're saying that you're, you're, you're saying that, you know, the, the parse is more important than the play style, which is, it's just definitely not true. I mean, that's, that's why I've seen a lot of Rangers fail at things. Any parse can be turned upside down by 
using your ranged weapon skills to scotia instead of just spamming savage blade. Sure. Um, yeah, just don't fire your hawksbok arrow and you'll be fine. <laughs> your, your hotboxing arrow. You'll be you'll be super upset if that happens. That's for sure. Um, one of my uh, one of my favorite things uh, to do with a uh, scholar slash ranger is actually to um, to open uh, imminence ice for them, and then just let them with their ionic weapon just close an infinite number <laughs> of last stands for an absurd amount of damage. So like the the weapon skill property on last stand is. Uh, Light, if you have Aeonic Aftermath, Fusion, and Reverberation. So if you open Eminence Ice with a Scholar, and you close with uh, Last Stand, it makes Fragmentation. And then you close with Last Stand, and it makes Light. And then you close with Last Stand, and it makes Radiance. And it is really, really gross damage. That's really cool, though, because that's the the exact kind of play. One little thing from the Scholar there to do that that Eminence, and just the Ranger goes to town. Because a Ranger with multi-shot up, with double shot, will get that TP... It was Sam's role, assumingly. They will be able to go to town that way. And that's something that you could really just think about how all this group's doing uh, C and G take a ranger, or at least did. I don't know if they still do. I mean, it, it makes sense to still do. Uh, imagine mm-hmm. as a scholar just doing that one thing and letting a ranger go to town on the boss. That would that would just be... Yeah, we're both we're both black mages with Levitain. We know the importance of opening that skill chain as the mage so that other people can close it. Yes. You can burst on that entire thing. Yeah, and so Ranger to me as well, because it has magic options, is one of the unique DDs, especially because it'd be long range in the back, mm-hmm. uh, that has the potential to play with black mage in terms of making skill chains safely out of range and, and going to town. So you have Scholar, Black Mage, and Ranger. I think those three together work really well. And I love that yeah. setup. And it just kind of, it wasn't until Sword we got to actually explore that exact setup. But I'm so, oh, yeah. I'm so glad we finally got it because when you say Eminence to open with Blizzard, everyone's like, what are you talking about? No one does that. And just the Yeah, no one combo, uses Blizzard ever. It's so yeah, great. That's true. Because you could even have a Corsair in the mix there to open in between with that last stand to make the light before the radiance from the Ranger or vice versa. You could just, anything going on there to have another person involved. Cause you're, I'm sure you have a Corsair that set up, of course. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're using last stand three times in a row with a Formalot, a Corsair can use Formalot too. You already have four people out of your party there, the Geo, whatever the tank. So you could have a great setup there with a, a tank carrying itself, a Geo also carrying and providing buffs, a Corsair, a Ranger, a Black Mage, and every, the whole setup's there for a great, Magical damage setup with a ranger involved in everything to make powerful skill chains. Yeah, if your if your team knows what's going on, like there's almost no better job than a ranger when it comes to like pairing them with a scholar for skill chains. Like that that's most of what we do to just simply abuse our shoal runs when when my group goes. Um, we we do bring a ranger and it's great on everything except for Ida and Aminon. And a lot of that just comes from the just incredible skill chains you can make. Like we we can almost kill triple X in a single skill chain. And because you, of how powerful that is, you may be thinking, "Oh, but spicy, you're setting up for magic damage. How is the ranger getting buffed to do those last stands?" Well, you only need malaise, really, depending on the content. Unless malaise is nerfed, you don't need acumen. You don't need the rolls from the corsair. All of those buffs can go to the ranger. You can give him a fury. You can give him a chaos. Yeah. You can give him a samurai. The black mage can do great bursting damage with just a malaise, including its own skill chain potentially to have magic defense down there and burn and everything. You don't need. For a black mage to be effective, you don't need all of these ridiculous oh. indie int entrusted with indie acumen with with uh, GMLs. You just need malaise to lower that divisor on your magic defense bonus there, so the black mage can go to town. Yeah. Unless the mob resists magic, that black mage is going to be a great contribution to that group. That's only one cool skill chain. Like the skill chain we use to kill Tribulex is uh, true flight to imminence fire to imminence thunder to true flight to last stand. 
and triple X explodes. But people generally don't think about when I say that <laughs> spreading the buffs out. They think, oh, I'm doing magic. I have to have all magic buffs. No, you can do as long as physical damage can be taken and magical damage can be taken. You can do both things. The black mage will do. It won't do cap damage without everything in the kitchen sink potentially. It, that's a yeah. lot of content there. I but can't you just don't need to often. You don't need to. If you do, <laughs> if you do 50k, 60k, you're getting two to three bursts off depending on your timing on a black mage. You're doing tons of damage in that window. Virtually. It's not enmity free, but a magic burst enmity is reduced, so you it's have really low. Yeah, it's very low. So, in fact, it's incredibly easy to hold hate on on all of the all of what's going on, especially when the majority of the skill chains, like in that really long uh, fire to light skill chain I just mentioned uh, that we use, um, when you're doing something like that, a scholar is using a lot of those steps to make the skill chains as well. So, like, I don't mean to make this a secret scholar episode; just happens to blend really well with ranger. It does, and. Like, if you're having trouble, like, say you have, like, a newer tank or something, the magic setups are actually the easier setups for them to tank and learn on, because you're probably not going to pull eight. And, and, I mean, it, you can, but, you know, they'll have an easier time getting it back. A lot of people have shied away from the magic setups because they're not as quick and easy as doing tons of gross Savage Boy damage, but now what? we <laughs> now we have... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it takes no. way longer to kill with melee. <laughs> and and well, 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 well. In this instance, yes. But we're talking about people don't like coordinating. They don't like setting up skill chains or waiting or having to be because the better you're in your timing for a skill chain, the more your damage goes up noticeably. If you're slow or lazy or not paying attention, things go off the cliff quickly. So when yeah. you involves thought and cooperation and waiting and this and that, uh, everything becomes a, a margin of error and everything becomes potentially less efficient for a group of, of smooth brain people, which is what most of the content, I mean, when you don't play with people, it's going to be natural that you just show up and you, you're not in sync with anyone. You're not singing all of the favorite songs at the, the concerts for in sync and everything. And yeah. you're going to have those problems. So people avoid those setups. And I, I'm glad that we have multiple weapon skill resistance walls now for stuff like sortie, mm -hmm. which is only going to continue. And we have instead of the state of range with Ranger because the whole theme of Ranger, besides doing Savage Blade, of course, is going to be safe damage, low enmity damage, skill chain damage. That's that's Ranger's yeah. whole big draw, and potentially magic damage. So I really like that even even something like the Ranger's Relic weapon is still relevant. It like, is. I absolutely love Annihilator, and uh, uh, Annie is... Like, it, so the way it works is it has a uh, fixed hate weapon skill on it called Karnok. And you use that along with the white damage you can put out, which isn't as nearly as good as an, as an Empyrean's, but the fact that you're getting, like, what's basically hate-free weapon skills, it's, like, I think fixed at, like, 300 enmity or something. <laughs> it's really low. Um, you can just, all day long, you know, just use that and, and not pull hate as long as you don't pull hate through your skill chain damage. Like, there's utility there. You could go for big numbers with, uh, with uh, Gastrofeats. Um, you can go for impressive skill chains with uh, with Fomalhot, as well as, you know, just the fact that it has really high delay store TP and TP bonus. Like, it's actually a pretty big powerhouse on its own. Um, you know, you could use uh, Arma for the Aftermath. Um, and then if you want to look at bows, too, like, you should never discredit, like, the hybrid weapon skills that bows can put out. And even Jishnu's can occasionally do really, really great work. Um if you're going to go the Empyrean route with a bow instead of a gun. Just so, news, like, there's so many options. Just news coming back into favor with Arabati and True Shot Plus gear that they've introduced recently, or at least somewhat recently in the past couple of years, which has been a great boon. So, as long as you don't get killed. <laughs> I also appreciate, too, besides having the, the flexibility of magic and physical that a ranger has, also low enmity, 
that changing weapons in the middle of combat and being measured in your approach. So with our arrow bodies, we want to kind of open up with Annihilator at the start to have low enmity fee while we establish hate and everything gets on for a good part of the fight. Because with the V25s, we're starting arrow body at 69%, 70%. And I think we even got it to 65% too with you there that one time. So <laughs> starting at 65%, you have time on your side in that regard. You and the rest of the fight is going to be a matter of enmity. So starting with annihilator, even if it's not as strong of a damage to have enmity control in a fight where you don't have the ability to dump enmity anymore, you just have the ability to accumulate slower as ranger is. It's slower; it doesn't dump. Black mage dumps. Scholar dumps. I mean, there's not much else otherwise besides building up slower. And enmity is a big problem in V25s. So having a job like mm-hmm. ranger in the wider spectrum of things that take longer, if they make master trials, especially this comes into play if they're making more master trials and higher HP fights, which you assume things are going to be, managing enmity with Annihilator before switching over to higher damage and a time limit with something like um, the Empyrean Bow or the Empyrean Gun, which puts out much more damage than, than the Relic Gun does, but has much more enmity gain to it, especially mm-hmm. if you're chaining, but you're not chaining our body is why that doesn't come into play with Annihilator. It's just, yeah, it just simply doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just a, it's <laughs> a big do. part of Ranger. I like a job where I can measuredly manage my enmity and try to, like, just feel a balance even if I don't know it's there and switch weapons knowing I'm going to change weapons and have a reason to make different weapons for different reasons on a job. I like making different weapons for different reasons to kind of flesh out a job and what it can do. And Ranger is cool in that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I've always really liked about it too. Yeah. Um, it's just currently though, unique the, DD. When, when you, it's a very unique DD. My, the main problem I have is that the only time it really seems to come out of the woodwork for my particular group is, when we need to fight our body, because otherwise we can replace it with other DDs. And I think that's one of Ranger's weaknesses is that it's very replaceable as a DD most of the yes, time. Yes, because it's a DD and DDs are always replaceable. And when you're a DD that, that that's that narrow, sure, you can love the job and sure, you can do lots of damage, but you're competing with everyone that can do lots of damage, plus maybe something else. Someone like me being Ranger makes it less expendable, Fox, because I don't have those fun jobs like Geo, Bard, not even course. <laughs> so someone like me on, on Ranger, I'd find a way to incorporate it and it would be successful because it's doing the damage that a group needs to do to also win. So it's not that you have to take the best things always or things that matter, but being able to have a setup where... So, for example, Fox, you're not on Ranger because you're on the, the more important jobs, frankly. I don't want to say Ranger's not an important job, but the, the you need things... Ranger is still a princess job. And like every other DD is a princess job, but especially Ranger yeah. as itself. To do the good damage, you need to have very particular buffs for Ranger... Over other jobs, a warrior doesn't need these, the amount of care a ranger does, in my opinion. I don't know if you want to follow it up, Fox, or not. But Well, actually, the, the weird thing is, is every time I, I play with other rangers, we always end up finding that everyone who's a ranger is also the fucking bard, too. <laughs> That's also why you don't get to play ranger anymore. So Yeah, uh, I'm a bard and a ranger, Carrot's a bard and a ranger, Norcris is a bard and a ranger. Like, anyone who's going to be on ranger is also potentially the bard for the fight. So, you know, it it, it, it kind of gets a little weird, especially if like one of those people happen to not show up for whatever reason. Like you, then you have one person who's like, well, looks like we got to take the bard because they clearly all our rangers are bards. And that, that problem could be unique to us, but it's, it's I just think funny having everyone that's a ranger out. being a bard is somewhat unique to us, but I'm, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> it, a nice it's funny. Yeah. Incident. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's just funny. So like, obviously I'm going to, I'm going to approach it from that perspective. Cause that's, that's what I have. Um, that's what I have gameplay wise to work with. It's like, I've only worked with people where that overlap exists and it it can get kind of strange, like trying to justify a ranger sometimes in situations where it's just not strictly called for. So you end up with a fight like Arabati. It's like, well, you have to plan around bringing a ranger or you're probably going to lose. Um, 
so then all of a sudden it like shuts down like what jobs certain people can go as and it becomes very built around very princess like you're saying and needs very specific buffs and you know it uh it kind of carries a negative stigma because of that but that's why i wanted to lead with it can do so much more for regular content with a very low man setting and that's why i wanted to bring up the skill chains thing first in that you know it, it has a lot of utility it requires a lot less buffs than a lot of jobs typically do and it can still perform really well. Less buffs, but more specific buffs still. Yeah. Like think, very, think about very gear think about how Ranger also gets kind of the shift. It gets the attack bonus from minuets, but it doesn't get the magical accuracy. It doesn't get the haste for snapshot. That's that's less of a problem now. It used to be more of a problem. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't get and it needs to have a prelude to have its ranged accuracy and attack or whatever. I think it's prelude attack or is it just right accuracy on it? It's just accuracy. Like it's accuracy. So here, here's the cute thing about the scholar setup with that though is that Imbrava gives uh, flurry. It oh, gives flurry it. too. And if you sub rate, if you sub red mage, you can actually give them effectively flurry three, or flurry two. I'm sorry, not flurry three. The flurry, flurry three doesn't exist, guys. I was just a misspeak. But you can actually just cap on your own without even red mage present if you need an if you need a zerg. And as we know, you can have Imbrava for like ten minutes. And that's another so, problem with Ranger too. Is it's a bit more measured in how you approach it with DD because when you can have Imbrava and Flurry from a Scholar giving you all this gear, all this advantage here in in attack speed, you don't get that unless your gear swap or whatever set you have makes use of that. So yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, you want to make sure that uh, that your gear swaps are are good for it. Not saying you have to use the program, but just that you know you're taking into account your your pre shot and your and your mid shot. Just like magic, and, and it, you're going to see a lot of parallels between, like, say, you know, the way a black mage does damage and a ranger does damage, and that you have to make sure you have your precaster good, so you have great firing speed, and then your midcaster good for the content that you're fighting and for the weapon you're using. Like, it it, it changes. Um, your your sets for Empyrean aftermath are very different than your sets for Fomal Hot, um, because like with Fomal Hot, you actually do subscribe to the idea of a hit build, whereas if you're building for like Armageddon. Or or um, Gandiva, which are your Empyreans, Arm- you don't consider. Armageddon, yeah, Armageddon is my bad. Yeah, yeah, you you don't you don't consider um, a, a hit build for that because like Rangers are, are crazy. Like because you're using like a gun, um, generally you can have like a two hit build, like two shots, and you can weapon skill. And usually you weapon skill with overflow. <laughs> it's it's that nuts. Um, but you have to have very specific gear sets to take advantage of all of these things, and you have to have a deep understanding of how all of your abilities play together like your crit build isn't just purely crit like you do want to mix some pdl into it you do still want to take into consideration that maybe sword tp could be considered it's it's way less of a consideration though um you're going to use janky shit like the oneros knife which isn't even item level it just adds 10 like percent damage or something from dynamish yep. juno itself yeah you equip the fuck out of that knife and you wear like meganata visor it's critical hit damage five percent, I believe, but it's offhand. So, or even, even depending on what you're doing, it should be mainhand even because there's no other better knife for you to use when you're doing an AM three build. Yeah, it is mainhand when you do it because you don't care about um, store TP in that build. Like, I, I was considering damage. that you and, can't sub ninja or something in uh, the V twenty, and it is ten percent. <laughs> oh, it's ten percent. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It yeah. is huge. They never really imagine a critical hit damage ten percent weapon for a range attacker that's not meleeing with that weapon that they haven't introduced past that since before item level this was like this is like 2012 or 11 or something they made this knife yeah and in critical hits on ranger don't work the same way as they do with other jobs you're just range attacks in general so like you have your range attack damage that that, that calculates a pdf and then if you crit 
you just get a 25% damage bonus. It is different, yeah. And then they also get these traits called dead aim, which are multiplied <laughs> against that damage as well. So it's similar to how when someone equips a, uh, a Rima and R15s it, how you get all those multipliers that add together that make your, your Rima weapon skill that you're using that, that aligns with it much more powerful. It, it basically is doing the same thing for crits. So you get your 1.25 damage multiplier, and then you get like an additional 45% just from your traits. So you get another 1.45 onto that. You are the Maganata Visor, you get an additional 12% that's additive to that. So now you're at 1.57. You use the Oneros Knife, so now you're at 1.67. You just keep adding this gear up. And you have and you multipliers the, the, the multipliers here. That, that, that's almost a two times. This is how you get the 70k range attacks that, that are, well, they're clustered together. So it's like three hits of 25k, you know, with, with triple shot. That's yeah, ridiculous. It's, but that's, that's the whole, how you get those numbers. That's the whole thing about how Ranger is deliberate. Ranger has to have specific gear sets. Ranger has to have knowledge about how it's taking advantage of mechanics because oh, it has. With hover shot. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it, all this. It's another multiplier. <laughs> all, yeah, another multiplier. All these things yeah, that have to understanding how your Ranger is working here. So. If you were a new mm-hmm. ranger here, Fox, trying to, I mean, you just laid out how to, you know, you're using dead aim with your critical hits for an AM3. Yeah, I'm just talking about a bunch of Remas right now, but yeah. a new ranger isn't going to experience so, that. That's for sure. That's also why people are so, so a lot of the questions rangers have, Fox, when it comes to like Arab body, the question is, do you even bother weapon skilling when you have all these multipliers going off for these 25k range attacks here with dead aim, with true shot, with, with hover shot, with, with crits on AM3? Do you even just bother weapon skilling or do you just keep shooting? So you're during overkill, I just keep shooting, honestly. Well, for overkill, yeah. Yeah, so overkill is a uh, is like hundred fists, but for range attacks, and uh, it breaks the uh, the reduction cap, and then also gives you a uh, uh, triple and triple shot. And so say you're an arrow body V twenty V twenty five, and overkill's off. I weapon skill at three k because I feel like I should. So you so it gets really weird, right? So so it gets weird um, because you're, and this is where we have to talk about hover shot and why it's. Why I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so hover shot, you have to wander back and forth. You have to travel a yalm in any direction. Doesn't matter as long as you moved a yalm from where you last fired. That's why and it's 14-esque. it adds a stack. You need you need 25 stacks to get the full 50% bonus. Gives you a whole bunch of crazy crap, including negative enmity and a damage multiplier. It's 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 nuts. Um but you uh you have to keep traveling back and forth. The thing about Ranger, though, is that you get all of this uh, snapshot, which is basically, think about it like fast cast for, for a regular caster. It's haste and for range shots. Yes, it's haste for range shots. And then you get uh, you get rapid shot, which on activation acts like quick magic. Well, it doesn't matter how fast you fire if you still have to travel a Yom before you can fire again. You're like artificially extending your delay. So when you're it's 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 almost counterintuitive if if the if the bonus multiplier wasn't so freaking ridiculous um if you but, couldn't ignore this content any longer right but because you're traveling that far it's still okay to use a weapon skill it's just i typically only weapon skill at 3k so are you suggesting that you weapon skill at 3k during am3 like that and then that you also mm-hmm. time it for your second step so say you shoot get 3k then you move weapon skill then shoot move back and shoot again Okay. Yeah. But it takes several shots to get to 3K. Again, your 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 uh your range attacks that think about it like uh like as a melee would use their their TP phase, range attacks that's the same sort of thing for your mid your mid shot. So your your range set is gonna be very different for that for that particular weapon, and you'll get TP a lot slower. So it's usually 
based on the the nice FTP scaling for like a lot of the weapon skills you'll use on Ranger, um, which we could go over, but it'd be really boring. Just know that yeah. it scales weapon skills scale really well with TP. Yeah, like last um, you want to fire example. it. Yeah, you want to fire it at much higher TP thresholds. Like you don't want to fire it one k a lot of the time, especially when you don't have a, a gun that gives you a TP bonus. It's a fifty percent um, FTP bonus for every step of last stand, by the way. So, so you have effectively get double yeah. it at three k, the fifty percent at two k. Yeah, so you might as well hold off, especially if your white damage is crazy. And a lot of the times you will use last stand, or on a fight like our body where you could be weapon skill walling, you'll coordinate with the rain with the with the corsair as to what weapon skills they're using. The corsair we've because... seen is going to be using detonator for the attack because corsair is a bit more starved on gear, to say the least. And yeah, during and bolster, sense. slugshot was doing a lot, which was posted Good. first by mischief as well. We tried it on auction house, but slugshot during bolster was doing more than the last stand or even uh, detonator. Yeah, but keep that in mind. Like, make sure that the right jobs you're using the right weapon skills. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're not walling yourself. But you'd be able, in this case, in our body, to have the Corsair be using detonator probably quickly because they're not holding TP as much. Yeah, I can see that because they'll just use. Well, I mean, they can use a foam. Like Corsair can use Arma too, but it's not really a Corsair episode. Um, the white damage is there. <laughs> Corsair is using Arma is... in this case for our groups. Yeah, the, the white damage on on a core is not going to be nearly the same as the white damage on a range. Yeah, the ge- so that's that's the cool thing. <laughs> if you've ever played Corsair, which a lot of people have, and you compare the gear that Ranger has versus Corsair, Ranger gets a whole leg up between traits and gear over Corsair that that it's more defined. Like Corsair is the scholar of range attacks compared to Black Mage being Ranger here. But the difference between the two is so dramatic that that there's see there's less difference between a scholar's nukes and a black mage nukes versus a Ranger's attacks and a Corsair's attacks. Yeah, for sure. In fact that's a really good analogy of the two. Oh I made one um, finally? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scholar has Scholar has more utility, but Black Mage has more firepower. It's the same correlation to Corsair and Ranger. So if you play any of those jobs, you automatically know the the relation between them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's really apt. But I think with people playing Ranger Fox, I bring everybody up as a specific example here because what people are going to want to question about that, right? and people yeah. are going to repost about it. if they could make this a forum post, they'd repost it for fucking infinitum. But it, <laughs> it's if you know what to do in a job, like, oh, I have... Uh, 15 to 1750 TP on Thief, get behind if sneak attacks right, otherwise weapon skill. If you know how to make your job more effective by having a guideline in your mind of, okay, if I have AM3 on, I'm going to save TP, shoot when I move with a step with hover shot, move back to shoot again. I'm not going to just fire off every 1 to 2K. I'm going to wait because I'm getting more out of my, my white damage here. Well, you need to figure out first when to even use hover shot. <laughs> well... Because I see, I see Rangers using Hovershot on some weird shit. Okay, so when would you not use Hovershot? Because as we've said, you can't ignore this Hovershot any longer because it's such well, a ridiculous if, bonus. If the fight is going to end in less than a minute, don't bother using Hovershot. Yes, okay. So <laughs> so for quick fights. If the fight's going to end in probably less than five minutes, don't don't use, don't use Hovershot. It's not you could use Unlimited Shot then. I know. I wouldn't ever because that 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 shares a timer with double shot. Not uh, okay. We're uh, gonna we'll, we'll get into the. I'm making a joke because it came on oh free episode with unlimited. So yeah, fucking unlimited shot. That's a relic. Uh, it used to be so cool at seventy five. But Never use it. <laughs> it's always bad. Never use it. <laughs> but but knowing how to approach Ranger, which plays differently from ever the DD in this game, next to maybe kind of Corsair. Kinda is uh you know people 
need that degree of how do I approach this? What do I do? What am I, what's my, what's my parameters, my guidelines, what's my, my rules to optimize my play here. And I think Ranger kind of lacks that guidance in the community of explaining how to make the most out of your job that everyone kind of wants to know because it is a DD job and it kind of gets neglected for that reason. So they don't ever think about combining with other jobs to make skill chains or changing weapons in combat. They go, okay, I want to do damage. What am I using this weapon? Okay. I'm going to span it to the front. The mob's dead. And if you're playing that as Ranger, don't play Ranger. Go back to your Warrior, go back to your Dark Knight, go back to your Samurai. To be honest, like Ranger play doesn't really get much more complicated than that, though. Yes, but, but that is infinitely without... With, <laughs> say you know nothing about Ranger and you play fucking Warrior spamming Savage Blade, as most people do. They know absolutely nothing about Ranger's play. They are absolutely confused about what to optimize their technique and approach. Even if it's narrowly defined, yeah, that's about it. They don't know that. They simply don't know that. There's no knowledge of Ranger in the community at all, besides... Due, due to all the multipliers and stuff and like how magic damage actually works, like True Flight's kind of the easy way out. <laughs> so yeah, I but, can but, see why a lot of people spam True Flight. But for example, we have King Galka, whatever name he's on now, suggested to Carrot True. in the past that these, she should make a Gastrophetes. Or a, okay. how do you pronounce it? You say... The Gastrophet? Yeah, Gastrophet. Okay. That sounds more apt, actually. So the Gastrophet. Which, which now yeah. sounds weird to say. So the Gastra, just to make yeah. everyone happy. You should make that because on Delande, you'll do cap damage. Well, Carrot made <laughs> Gastra and went to Delande and did not do cap damage and goes, what the fuck? King Galka told me to make this weapon. For some reason, I am listening to this fucking retard <laughs> as Carrot's um, face looks like she's now being scolded. Actually, and- it wasn't cap damage Straight nines is cap damage. Straight nines is, is pretty important to know, though, because like yeah. when you're doing straight nines, you know you're doing better than the guy who's doing. When you know you're doing damage. straight nines, you know that you are on top of the world. What is this guy? Me? I'm I'm the one who says straight nines. What's happening? Fox, we have a local radio station <laughs> called the Rat, ninety-five nine the Rat, and they do nine in the row mm. commercial free. So when you're doing straight nines, it's nine in the row, baby, coming up next. And you have like oh, fucking man. a million commercials, but they always say nine in a row coming up next. <laughs> so, so if you're listening I mean, to the local rock station, 95.9 The Rat of Jersey, you got nine in a row. So what, what can end up happening is like people will give weird snapshots of their experiences. Like, like so when, whenever you're hyping someone up about something, you're usually you're only going to tell them the cool stuff about it. So like when, when someone's like, yeah, you know what? You should make a gastro because it's going to do straight nines. It's like, well, yeah, maybe you did that once. But it doesn't mean it doesn't every single time you fire the weapon skill. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of people don't get is like, yeah, it has a really high damage potential. A lot of the time, especially if you're buffed properly and you're fighting the right content with it, you'll do straight nines. Like it does a lot of damage. I mean, Lead and Salute will do it. Hybrids will do it. Like it's not unique to Gastra. It's just something you can do with a Gastra. <laughs> and it's something you can do with a Fomal Hot. Like it just depends. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I Sure. Maybe you can do that on day on day, but honestly, we just kill it to death. It's day on day. It's a tier one. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's going on with this story. <laughs> We've got your nine in the row coming up next, Fox. Oh, okay. But people don't have that wherewithal. Like, if people had a set parameter of guidelines, do this, do this, do this, to be like, oh, I'm going to be Ranger, but people don't. And since Ranger isn't as hardy as even a samurai or a dragoon or a warrior, like, who wants to get hit on that job? Who wants to have finesse? Who wants to do this or that? So Ranger, besides having different mechanics and everything, kind of goes into the, oh, I did, I did, um, you know, true flight and didn't do really shit for damage because I don't understand how buffs and debuffs work. So... 
uh, I'm not going to play Ranger because it did shit damage. It was garbage. Uh, so I'm going to go to a different job like Warrior. Oh, look, Savage Boy did more damage. Well, unfortunately, with a job that's as narrow as Ranger, if you have a sour experience damage-wise, since it can't do anything else, like you would be less incentivized to play yeah, the Yeah, and that's, that's the problem it has. I can see that, actually. Yeah, but So what's the counter to that? So the counter to that is know your enemy. <laughs> It's like play the job right. I don't know. Like okay, just okay. because you fall off the horse one time doesn't mean that it's that's all the times so, you're going to get on that horse. You're going to fall off of it. So play the job right. What's the next step then? You have to know the approach that you're going to take to the fight at hand. So you you want to make sure you have a lot of armaments. So the one thing about ranger, and this has been historically correct, but in the in the past it's been about how much your ammo costs. Now your ammo costs nothing, but it requires like a ridiculous amount of other gear. So like you you're gonna. To, to be all the ranger you can be, you're going to want multiple rooms. <laughs> um, there's just nothing There's just nothing around it. Like, the, the difference between what you can do with Remas on this job and non-Remas is even more pronounced than other jobs. Like, you, you do want Remas on this job. Um, you do not need to make a Gastra unless you really want to go all in on ranger. Uh, for most of what you're going to do, you can use a foam to a great extent. Um I, you don't need to make an arma unless you plan on being the ranger for air body. <laughs> that <laughs> speaks to me, though. So I'd like a job that I can pick up a specific weapon and be very effective yeah. on and not make all weapons. Yeah, um, you'll be effective in a lot of ambuscades, you know, firing at a safe distance. Like there's a lot of ranger stress for ambuscades, again, because it's a safe job. Um, you you just have to you just have to know what you're doing going into it and you have to make sure that you have the tp set for it you have to make sure you have the weapon for it you have to make sure you have the buffs for it and this is the 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 princessness of this job you don't get a lot of things that you can do on your own outside of just making your damage stronger so you have to have everyone else around you also coordinating with that effort and it's a very selfish job because of that with a warrior at least you can stand on the front line in an ambuscade and retaliation tank a a, uh, a monk Sahagan until it dies, like in an ambuscade. Like you, you have that option. If you go in on Ranger, you're not going to have that same option. You're going to do it at a distance, or you're going to be a corpse. Fox, we <laughs> had an event last night where I said, "Good job, guys. We kicked this thing's ass again for ambuscade, and we lost yeah. at one percent." Oh, that's unfortunate. It was very unfortunate. We we beat everything down. We killed everything. We went and fought the mob. One percent comes respawn. We're like, okay, just break it. Ouch. Another respawn. We can't fight this one. Just break it, guys. And then and then things sort of get out of control because then another respawn happens. Okay, kill this one, guys. It's over. Cleansing bubbles happens. Ooh. And charm scrubbing happens. Bubbles. So scr- scrubbing, scrubbing bubbles, bubbles at the same time as oh, charm no. with three mobs now awake and me charmed. Oh, no. That was a no. Sure. That was a loss. Because it's also silence leveling up. So now we've lost the DPS. It almost died. Yeah. It almost died. And well, I mean, the Geo has to shift to Torpor in that situation. The Geo did shift to Torpor because Carrot was on Geo. Oh. She did a great job shifting the Torpor, and we almost beat it. It was just the charm with the cleansing bubbles. It was just all at once. It can be too much, yeah. I mean, that's just the same. You can have and then we had Stun at the same time. Oh, it was just it was just everything, everything at once. <laughs> everything yeah. that could go wrong at once, 1%. We kick the thing's ass so quick. It does then, teeter on the edge of a knife, though. Like you'll see, You'll be doing so well, and then you suddenly won't be. That 1%. I think it happens. Yeah. If only we had a ranger, no, ranger would not have made that better. No, a ranger would not have. Made so that's the kind of example where you want to know you don't want ranger situation. So a lot of people don't want ranger because when you go to that Zerg event right there, not that you couldn't take a ranger to do Savage Blade, but we in this event did not want ranger because we have warrior doing great axe for fusion. Ranger's not doing that. And we have other jobs doing Savage Blade and ranger's very vulnerable in the front line like that. So this is an example you don't want ranger. Next month, you can take yeah. a ranger if you wanted to. 
there would be no reason not to take a ranger versus other DDs. You could take any DD this next month. No. So another issue that some people may find with rangers is that you you would want a lot of specialized gear for it though. Yes, that's the problem too. So, people don't like to get all specialized gear. The they just thing want is, that. is that it's pretty straightforward to make a lot of the store TP sets that would that would align with a Fomalhot. I think if you're at the point where you're making an arma for your ranger, it's reasonable that you should also be chasing the pieces that wouldn't be needed for like say your crit builds. But it is very, very gear intensive, and I want to kind of like put that out there very specifically is that you need different sets to make this work. You won't use the same set over and over again. Um, you can't just change your weapon and call it a day. Uh, much like we've said with a lot of the other jobs that we've talked about. It's investment um, heavy. Yeah, when when you when you when you build a weapon, you need to know why you're building it, and you have to you have to also have the things that support it. Like you just can't ro- just roll in and just use the same stuff and expect a superior result. It's it's not going to happen. Um, I know that Ranger specifically also gets very awkward depending on what you're fighting because there's a lot of pieces that contend for the same slot that have very similar effects that will that will definitely confuse people. Um, one of those main slots is your body slot. Um, when you have double shot active, and this is where we're going to kind of get into the weeds and I have to explain some things, but um, when you have double shot active, you need to make sure that you have five of five snapshot merits because when you do and snap and you would you would trigger that, it would trigger a double shot when you have double shot active. Um, it can also upgrade your shot into a triple shot with that body. So you would think that you're going to wear that a full time. Well... And it also your double your double shots do eleven percent more relic damage. Body because of the, the relic body, the Arcadian body, yeah. Yep. However, when you're using an arma, um, and you have aftermath up, you actually have two other bodies that are kind of come into contention. If you have just an insane amount of range attack, you can use the uh, the Amini body plus three, which is the Empyrean, and it has augments to your velocity shot that give you even more um, even more ranged attack. On top of like the range tax being like velocity shots, a whole other thing that, that you want to look up. Um, I'm not going to explain everything about it because there's there's a lot and it just kind of gets tangential and into the weeds. But just know that it raises your range attack damage by quite a bit. And it also competes with using a Nisrock Jerkin in the same slot. You need to know when you want to use either of those and when they'll get better. So it's a situation where, like, yeah, a spreadsheet could actually be useful, but you don't know how dynamic the buffs and debuffs are going to be. So you have to really read that situation and be able to change on the fly. And this is where a lot of your knowledge and really bleeding the stone is going to come into play. At the end of the day, you can use all three of those bodies for all situations. I feel like eliminating at least one Nishrock jerk and for most people would be good unless you obtained yeah, it from I mean, Trove or something. It's something that you have to go out of your way to get. So eliminating it is, that It is good. difficult to get an Omen body and it is good that you have a side grade in the form of the Amini body or you could even just like double down on your, your double triple shots. Um, Velocity shot the, stacks with hover shot, yes? Yes. Okay. You get them both and it's, it's really potent when you're doing it and it's really, really strong when it comes to uh, uh, when, it, when it comes to being able to use like say Empyrean aftermath um because your white damage goes out of control uh the problem is is that body also has like 10 percent pdl on it or something i, I think it's 10 percent pdl and uh, it has pdl on it. and if you're not using that pdl Amini then body? all you're getting is range attack yeah no i mean body has no pdl it's velocity shot seven percent oh that's right it was wait seven percent it should be at 11. Are you looking at the right one? Uh, I'm looking at Amini Jerkin plus three. Amini, Amini Cabin plus three. Amini Cabin plus... Oh, that's what I one, my bad. It should Amini have Cabin plus three PDL. is 10%. And it has... Yeah, it's 11% velocity shot, 10% PDL. I didn't scroll down yeah. for that. I had the sets open. I yeah. haven't looked at them. 
So it adds 11% to the to what Velocity yeah, Shop so would it's PDL plus You, you end up getting quite a bit. It's M&E minus um, 13, which Ranger has a lot of M&E minus. So one of the things about Ranger, though, and this is where it's going to get even more confusing, so take notes if you need to. Um, this is the problem with Ranger, what, though. This is why I told him that it's good. You, you have to understand all these things. You have to understand PDF really, really well in order to maximize it because Ranger actually has the highest PDF to try to hit in the game. <laughs> It, there, there's no higher job. You would think Dark Knight is higher. It's not. It's because it, it's Ranger. Ranger gets. Yes, and a lot of times you're though. probably not like you could be. You could be have like the same buffs as another job. Like let's compare like a Blue Mage to a uh, to a Ranger. The same attack buffs will overcap a Blue Mage, but you will not be overcapped on Ranger. And Blue Mage also so, gets meditation, so it also gets that twenty five percent Ranger doesn't get. So you have to really know yeah. where you're at. Correct. So if you're playing one job primarily and then have to switch to Ranger, you can't just assume based, and this is what a lot of people are guilty of, you just can't assume that based on the same buffs that you're using that you will also be attack cap because it's a different job with a different PDL. That would somewhat make sense why Rangers are gravitated towards Nagling because the attack bonus on Nagling will help compensate for that PDL sure. there. So that's probably why they're happier with the numbers of Nagling versus what they can do in total with the job. Yeah, and we haven't even gotten complicated with fucking True Shot. Because the, the job abilities and traits for Ranger are very good, but if you don't know how to properly apply them, as Fox is saying here, by knowing that you need more buffs than other jobs to take advantage of them, and if you don't take advantage of them, you're not going to have those good numbers you want to see, and mm -hmm. not to be kind of in, in tune with your gear sets here, to be deliberate with them, to, to not use PDL on this Amini body plus three unless you actually know you're going to be taking advantage of it versus Nishrock Jerk or something else for AM3 or otherwise using a different body piece like a Kenga, uh, then you're not going to be nearly as good as you could be and that's when people are going to notice the difference from like oh my ranger's not winning the parse and i don't play ranger anymore yeah and then um also when it comes to the difference between a mini body and nisrock um if you can use true shot nisrock pulls further ahead as well because nisrock has true shot on it and true shot convolutes a lot of things there's a lot of gear that has true shot plus on it now which i was really excited about but the double-edged sword is that it's it's hard to use and that's where the whole idea so, that i come up with where like i go in and out of combat trying to abuse true shot and, and going forward and backwards with my uh, with my hover shot as opposed to side to side, it's riskier. But at least you can use true shot in that situation. So, so true shot for those who don't know is when you're in a certain range, which for a bow is 15 yams, for a gun is like five six yams, right in fucking uh, range of everything. Uh, well, yeah, gun especially. Uh, you get okay. a damage percentage bonus to the to your shots and weapon skills. Okay, so when it comes, <laughs> sorry guys, so when it comes to true shot. <laughs> Um, true shot is not a static range. <laughs> well, there's a certain range of of bonus where the optimal bonus is a, is a strikes true versus strikes squarely yes. in your chat log. Yes, but you you have to see it on your on your chat log. You cannot actually assume based off of distance plus if because you the use mob that size add, changes that. Yes, because of the mob mob model size. So yes. on arrow body, it's like 15 yards, but on a smaller mob, it's closer. Yes, you, there are some For Lua's out there, and and I hate to like advocate third party For tools bow. because you can play ranger without it. Um, but there are Lua's out there that actually take that into account. And it's a pretty easy calculation to make in code, but you just don't want to automatically assume like if you don't use it or anything, and then you happen to know the distance, like the true shot distance from mob to mob will change. So just kind of just keep that in mind and then use whatever you need to, to look, to become acclimated with the job, to get it to work. Um, also I went out and, uh, and actually like worked with the true shot distances and they come out to a lot slightly different than than what's on there um the gun is five yams. uh the gun lower is the is the min true shot distance it's actually 3.5 um the short bow is seven 
short bow lower bound is five. Uh, the long bow upper bound is 10. Low, long bow lower bound is 6.5. A crossbow upper bound is nine and crossbow lower bound is 5.5 actually. I went out and used the actual in-game true shot plus distance plus plus the model correction to figure that out. And you know, Fox on the um, BG page doesn't even fucking say anything about that. We're willing to add that. That would, sure. be, that would be tremendous. It's very basic too. But uh, you, but you can figure it out based on the the, the message that says true shot. And and again, we're in the weeds for true shot when we started talking about something else entirely. But these are all the things that you have to figure in when you decide what gear loadout you're going to have for like your mid shots and weapon skills. Because all of these things are damage multipliers. And Ranger is like one of the kings of damage multipliers. But your whole house of cards falls if you have one thing that's out of place and your damage all of a sudden becomes ass. So you end up with true with true flights on day long day that are that are carbo. Because Versus being one great. part of it is not structured properly. Yeah. Yeah, I I fucking used to love this job. Like now, there's it, a lot it, it there's was, a lot where you like so if you are intimidated yeah. by this as a ranger, you could still play ranger, you could still have fun with ranger, and you should. <laughs> and you should yeah. get more comfortable with the job. But if you're someone who wants to go deeper versus just being a warrior or anything else that can't go any deeper than it already is, it might just get some better gear, but that's about it. Ranger goes deeper in terms of how you know how to apply it to content. Winning or losing Arabati or something can be truly determined by how your knowledge of your Ranger is and how to apply it to the fight and being able to adjust. Even if you fail the first couple of fights, being able to adjust your Ranger to fine-tune it like a sniper, being able to adjust down range on your scope, adjusting for wind and everything else that goes into it. A Ranger has that too. And it's very... And they actually capture Ranger really well in that like regard. That. Yeah. But if you can't do that, then you're gonna you're gonna struggle to to really be the guy that you want to be when you're a DD because that is the Ranger's job is to be a DD. It can wear a vermilion cloak and and do fucking like some mage, but you're not doing that. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Vermillion> <laughs> cloak. dude, vermilion cloak in, in fucking wrong. campaign man. Yeah, so no, <laughs> it is primarily a DD, and that is really its only focus. So it takes all those things, and if you're not doing a DD, you kind of get. Well, I'm just going to go to a different job and do that. I'm fucking. I can do piercing on dragoon with low enmity or something like that, and you just do that instead. Or samurai, even though it's not low enmity. But if you if if you want to reward yourself, this is a job that if you get aware of the mechanics and explore that and and figure out what's going on, then then you really can get so much out of ranger versus feeling like you're not getting much. Again, I have another thing for it too. Oh boy! Um, if you're doing TP denial strats. Ranger is the worst job in the game to bring. Yeah, I wish it wasn't. <laughs> so it's based on your delay, right? And Ranger has like nearly a thousand delay on all Ranger's of Ranger's delay weapons. is combined between its, <laughs> its weapon and its ammo. So Yeah, so it, like it when you're using a gun TP. specifically, yeah, it feeds enormous amounts of TP. So just know that. That's kind of there. weird because every other job does subtle blow kind of better, but Ranger doesn't really have this focus on subtle blow because it, I mean, it, you would want it because it still reduces the feed, but at the same time, it's just not. It's I like not Ranger's the, thing. Exactly. It's not Ranger's thing. I, I like that there are, are pros and cons to using different DDs. And that for a job that's all in on DD like Ranger is, there is still a con to using it, despite how good its damage output is. But it negates that with distance, be. which is cool too. So your your yeah. negative is mitigated by being in a range of attacks. Yeah, your tank's just gonna hit you. But to use that true <laughs> shot for all the extra damage, you want to be in range of a lot of attacks. So like for Arabati, yeah. if the aura is up, you're good, you're not gonna get hit. But if the aura is down, you can get hit and possibly killed because Ranger is fragile in the back line when you get in that true shot range for uh, Gandiva. Exactly. The, the trade-off is huge. Like, it's it's risk versus reward. It's it's like that class incarnate. 
is risk versus reward. Because true shots <laughs> is here at seven percent, but then you get five percent in the belt, ten percent in the feet. It adds up. Yeah, yeah. and the uh, <laughs> the body is another. You got trousers too for five percent. You got the body for what's true shot on Miss um, Rocks five percent again. So you have you have a tremendous amount of damage here, and like another twenty plus percent on top of every other multiplier you have because Rangers have multipliers, and knowing how to not die slash knowing how to take advantage of it is, is really just, if you're not proactive on it, that's why people don't like Ranger. Yeah, pretty much. But, and then also, you know, you can see Rangers with like a set and forget mentality where they just do the, the one thing every single time in all situations. That's and, what they want. That's the problem why Rangers And it even goes good. back to their merits, too. Like, like, like Rangers... Rangers really only have one way of building their merits, um, two ways if you consider what you're actually doing under Imperial Aftermath, but but one way. And a lot of it revolves around group two. Um, it's important to know that on Ranger, most of the time you're gonna have five of five snapshot for the body, like we have mentioned, and then five of five recycle for the uh, uh the relic head because it adds a ridiculous amount of flat TP to your uh, to your attacks when it triggers, and you can get a nearly 100 percent recycle rate. So um, that's where you can serve ammo, but if you're wearing the uh, the Arcadian Beret at plus three, um, it, it actually translates into a, an enormous sum of store TV, basically. Um, and that's what they use to get those hit builds on, because like the more TP you feed with your gun, for example, the more TP you're also going to get. So when you have enormous sums of store TP, that's how you end up with like two hit builds. Or in some situations, you can even get one hit builds on this job, where you just you where you just fire. Weapon skill, fire, weapon skill, fire, weapon skill. You get an it's... additional, if you have recycle five out of five um, yeah. on your ranger, you get an additional 50 TP for every time it procs with that head. That's funny. Yeah, it's a lot. And the head <laughs> itself gives 38% recycle plus three. Yep, and then you have your, your native traits. Like, basically, the head caps you by itself. That's hilarious. But when so you're, you're, when you're taking... 50 extra TP. You would think, yeah, and and with foam, you absolutely do. With Arma, or not Arma, with uh, Annihilator, you absolutely do. You don't wear that head with uh, with Armageddon, though. So if you're in a fight like Arabati, do you need, really need Recycle? No. I mean, it's nice, but no. No, and that's a situation where I would opt to do something like Flashy Shot, because Flashy Shot's going to do a lot of damage. Sure, it has a terrible cooldown, but you're constantly getting reset from the core. And if you incidentally get more flashy shot, um, flashy shot stacks with eagle eye shot for additional damage. It, it's basically like a damage boost that it, it only comes up every 10 but minutes. But it gives you more enemies, so using flashy shot's probably not the best. If you do body. it one time, you're probably fine. Yeah, for one time, maybe. But you're yeah. also using less damage with um, with uh, Relic there, with Koronok and everything, to try and reduce your damage in the first place. Because it's more damage in the first place but reduce your energy yeah yeah i mean no I yeah you can but i mean if, if you only do one situation of, of of a higher enmity spike damage then just throw it out there we don't know it's still doing more for we it. don't know how much enmity flashy shot adds though it just has generates more enmity it could be low it could also be mitigated by enmity minus gear too i i think there was a value right no it just says know. it's actually i'm on the page for it on bg right now with the cool little taru doing flashy it's shot not. recast 10 well, minutes that's ridiculous so, but yeah, typically you stack flashy shot with eagle eye shot, and in a fight like Arabati, it gives eagle eye shot a purpose, especially if you can get it reset with a wild card. So it's just free damage. It's like an extra weapon skill at J speed. So why not just use it? it it's doing something instead of instead of recycle. <laughs> so, so you know, you're, you're talking about how like we change merits for Ongo on Black Mage for Stone Noose. Yeah. You were saying change the flashy shot for Arabati. Yeah, that's what I that's what I do actually, yeah. and. Um, it's 
it's not going to do a lot for you in the it's long run, but it's it's an example. Us. Yeah, it's an example of trying to optimize yourself for a situation where one thing is useless and there's a really low cost to doing the other thing. I guess yeah, because recycle is now useless. You do need to find something. Yeah, that doesn't and do if zero. if if merits weren't as plentiful as they are, I would say yeah, you know, just stick with recycle. It's not worth it. But we have, we get merits accidentally doing things, <laughs> so it's not really a, a commodity, you know. But uh, there's there's very few ways you can build it though, because like you won't use stealth shot ever, so it's it's really just snapshot shot recycle unless you can justify flashing. So those then, are um, your only options, kind of. So your merits are pretty basic, and there you go. Yeah, and then in in tier one, you just do rapid shot, and then you can pick something else if you really want to. Camouflage recast is really good for uh, for um, Empyrean aftermath because. Again, this is understanding your abilities, and this is all like weaving together through the same conversation of how you do damage with dan- with uh, with Ranger. I almost said Dancer, but Ranger. Um, camouflage gives you a superior crit rate, and guess what you want to do with Armageddon? You want crit. to crit a lot. Yeah, camouflage oh, with, with cap job points gives you a 20% crit rate boost. Yes, and you stack camouflage um, with your... because So camouflage will get broken if you weapon skill, but guess what you want to do under... Um, under AM3. Overkill or overkill, too. Yeah, yeah, camouflage yeah, and overkill you, you, and just shooting AM3 sounds ridiculous. Just make sure you don't activate any other job abilities. You hit overkill, then you hit make sure you hit camouflage last, and you just go fucking ham. And in this and fight, that's how you get the crazy damage. And in this case, we're, we're trying to reapply this to the real world here. In our body, you can have the Corsair use detonator and last stand, or if bolsters on. Mm-hmm. In this case, you can use slugshot and detonator or last stand, even. So the, the Corsair has enough options by itself to not wall itself in V25, while the Ranger is using overkill camouflage am3 shots going it doesn't even interact with the weapons pull wall yeah yeah it doesn't even (laughs) just keep shooting and you're doing ridiculous damage Mm -hmm. with that it is huge yeah yeah that that and so when people struggle to do damage in body, that's that's how does your ranger do that damage it's by using its abilities properly and letting the corsair properly yeah the corsair take over in this case to to not wall itself Mm mm-hmm and it requires a lot of effective communication with that job because you're going to live and die based on the resets that you get. Yeah. So you don't have a million things on cooldown when you know your random deal needs to be targeted to remove something else. And the core so, should have to be amply aware because of how important the job abilities are in Ranger that you need to not fucking reset randomly because we did air body the other night and having the reset go off randomly, it needs to it needs to be <laughs> oh, targeting no. double shot. It needs to be targeting fucking anything. It needs to be targeting something. You can't just, oh, I need, if it I need targets, random deal. If, let me if, use it. If it targets camouflage, even it's fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you get t- camouflage or double shot back, you're generally okay. So, barrage is like a one one hit wonder. A lot of people try to get barrage back, but it's really not that. Barrage seems to be the big focus because you can do overcap damage with the barrage. Sure, whatever. But you're only gonna do it the one time. Yeah. It's not like three minutes of buff or like a minute of buff, and you're gonna do more damage over time with the other shit going on usually. As someone who knows something about ranger, is camouflage not break for that one minute? I mean, uh, camouflage has a chance of breaking as you use it. Yes, I know it does. That's why I was. And thinking. it typically doesn't break on regular ranged attacks. It's extremely rare, but it, it does break if you use a job ability or a weapon. Skill. Well, yes, it will break into that. Yeah, you are, you have a chance, but I mean, it's 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 a really low chance, honestly. I'm I'm really happy that camouflage became useful because I remember playing ranger at 75 and XP parties in the 40 range, whatever, using camouflage before a weapon skill, just to <laughs> wear off. But it was a bonus. So, cheering. 
<laughs> so that, that's my set of playing rangers like level something like level 40 <laughs> on fucking colibri and ladybugs and east ron for s and honestly like when the game was slower ranger to me was more fun to play <laughs> like that that's that was the time to play ranger man you felt like a you felt like a hero i felt cool sure. i felt cool in ranger. Yeah. i haven't played it in fucking over a decade which is long ass for ranger <laughs> but i mean yeah 75 caps last time i touched my ranger is like my ranger might even be i level up recently to, to have it for sub job but before that my ranger was level 37 for a long time so like level 30 34 35 on on ladybugs and colibris and run for mm. that's a level i know so if we talked about every job ability and everything fox i don't know if we miss anything we kind of covered all i mean i just kind of wanted to talk about doing damage and then then naturally like get into all the job abilities as you would consider them yeah. and like what gear operates with them too when we touched on um, limited shots, not touched because it shares a timer with double shot and double shots. Obviously it's garbage. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Shadow bind is very important for a ranger using it properly. Oh, so for air body using shadow bind exactly at 40% when the egg comes out, being ready for that will make the difference between someone dying in that fight and losing the fight and not the losing. Corsair. Yeah. The Corsair. <laughs> you, you decide if the Corsair is yeah, going to You, you decide That's if the Corsair sure. lives or dies and please save the Corsair, please. Yeah, if the Corsair please. has less M&E minus the Corsair has M&E over that <laughs> ranger generally. So at least they should. But that point in the fight, before the ranger starts going buck nasty with the with the white damage, because oh we're at forty percent, I need to increase up my DPS here so we win in time. It's time. To, it's time to do some work. I've been low enemy the whole fight. Let me let me put in some. Let me put some big nuts on this table. Yeah, and boy are they huge. <laughs> they are so huge when that happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't really touch on, uh, we haven't really touched on bows a lot yet. Uh, to me, bows are really good when you want to use uh, hybrid weapon skills. It's not that, you know, gun can't use them, but bow can. And bow gets true shot more with them, and you want that. Yeah, you get better ranges on true shot with bow, especially when you're using the long bows. Um, so it's it's a lot safer. Not not that you're going to avoid, like, every every uh you'll avoid a lot forever of but you'll yeah you'll avoid a lot of them a lot of moves are 15 um, yam so 15.1 you're fine yeah and then uh with uh, with bow um it kind of gets undersold because it is eclipsed by the raw damage of of guns um but you can still do really good weapon skills like bow gets refulgent arrow which is savage arrow basically um so if you like savage blade boy will you like refulgent arrow um you get uh, you get Jish News, which is crit based. It's like CDC if you could fire your sword at somebody, like your archer from the Fate series, um, or you get Imperial Arrow, uh, which is just detonator, but for arrows, and you can abuse some attack bonus stuff that way. So, you know, it's not going to be as Refulgent good. Arrow as isn't as good as Savage Blade, but no, but it's your closest approximation. I mean, as a safe Savage Blade, yes, that is something nice. Yeah. At least it has transfixion it scales. You could make that uh, distortion for someone. Yeah, and it scales really well with TP. That's that's what it does. Yeah, three, four point two five seven. So it, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of like judgment arrow. Sure, judgment arrow. Um, but yeah, you can use uh, you can use flaming arrow on bows. I've done it a lot. Um, right now, I'm I'm basically talking about why you should go get a um, uh, God, what's it called? Fail not. Fail not is actually a good bow. Um, you use the TP bonus on it. Like like I said before, like a lot of this job likes to have high FTP or, or sorry high TP uh, weapon skills. Um, but Felna has to complete. So the problem with Ranger is you have to essentially, as a single slot instead of dual wielding, where you can use multiple weapons, compete uh, Gandiva, Felnot, Gastrophides, mm-hmm. Armageddon, uh, Formalot, and then obviously Relic Guns just for low enemy. But yeah. 
and, and the gun will almost always outperform. In fact, there, I can't think of a situation where the the bow is not going to outperform, or the that, bow is going to outperform. That's the end the of the gun. day, though, for people. Though, when you say that, that's it. That people don't want fail not or anything now. So for damage, for damage. But when it's when you're not just doing raw damage, and you actually need to be at certain distances from the mob. Um, and it's also not just your true shot range. Sure, you're going to get a bonus, but like hitting squarely still provides a bonus as well. And you can be further away and still hit squarely, whereas you're not hitting squarely with a gun. At the end so of the, the day, saving, the gun's out of damage. The saving grace would be hitting squarely with a bow, but now you're comparing hitting squarely with a bow with true shot versus just using a gun, even at that, even at that range. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. when it becomes that difference there, that's when people still just use the gun. Usually, yeah. Yeah. So it still goes back to making fail not or not. Yeah. And the I think the only thing you can end up justifying is uh is archery weapon skills, the uh the skill chain properties on them. They do get some different properties. Let me pull them up so I can see off the top of my head. I just opened it. A fa- a, a famous one is like the reason you use the the relic bow is to get range distortion. But um you get a lot not of transfiction properties. Uh, in fact, Almost every uh, almost every weapon skill that that uh, archery uses gives you transfiction. Yeah, that's the big thing. I see transfiction over and over again. That's not that common. That's actually super big for distortion. It's scission yeah, to so transfiction. Distortion. But so the problem yeah. is when you have liquefaction on flaming arrow or something, even though it's nice and hybrid, uh, liquefaction after scission is going to make liquefaction and not transfiction. So that's a little more narrow. But sure. when you have and and to be fair, gun also has transfiction options too, but. <laughs> yeah, but you have Imperial Arrow and stuff here too that has Transfiction where you don't get that on Detonator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it gets kind of weird. Like, Actually, you do get Transfiction. For detonator. those who are complete... I pulled up really for those who are completionists and like to be like ready for any scenario that could come up, the Fail Knot is a pretty easy bow to get. And if you need to get a bow, you should get Fail Knot. Um, if you get an Empyrean bow because you want to do uh, Gandiva, like True Shot Aftermath, or if you just want, like Gandiva Aftermath and you like the idea of using Jishnu Crit Weapon Skill, uh, Jishnu's Radiance, you actually need Fail Knot for the arrows because it provides Chrono Arrows, which you will use with Gandiva and not so, never use Gandiva Arrows. To bring back the whole skill chain property, so I, the thing I've run into a lot with making skill chains with a gun, with a Corsair, is they don't have fragmentation as a big problem, actually, when you're using range damage with a black mage and everything. I tried to try to have the Corsair closed. They don't have frag. But a ranger would with marksmanship only with true flight. But if you don't, <sighs> if you're not using true flight, which you kind of would in the situation, the only way to get fragmentation besides Savage Blade on a ranger is Apex Arrow. So there are different properties here to take advantage of besides Namus Arrow, but Apex Arrow. That's weird that they can't give you frag. Hang on. They should be able to. They, Let me look real quick. Unless I'm misthinking because... Yeah, Shatter Soul. Marked. There it is. Hang on. So you do uh, no, Shatter Soul no, 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 no. Shatter Soul involves the Black Mage. You do Shatter Soul. That's different. I'm talking about a Ranger. Yeah. Con- or the Corsair Continuing. Corsair can't do Rage Fragmentation. Oh! Yeah, I'm talking yeah, Rage okay, Fragmentation, not running into Range to get hit by stuff. Gotcha. So yes, oh you, no, you, that is that is range fragmentation. Oh, I, I see. You want the you want the black mage out of range as well. Yes. Oh, okay. That's oh, the advantage yeah. of ranger and black. I mean, beyond the range. Sure. Yeah, I mean, but a corsair, a corsair well. can't do fragmentation downrange. A ranger can. I mean, I have a hard time telling people to use apex arrow with a straight face, but um, that is certainly a use for apex arrow. <laughs> it's the physical <laughs> option of frag outside of true flight. 
That's true. Or, if, or if Koronok. You could use Koronok, but it's probably, depending on your buffs, not as good as using Apex. Then again, I, I'm uh, not in... Actually, I say that. You really have to do your stretches to uh, to decide that a bow is going to outperform a gun in a yeah, particular situation. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why you, um, I think at the same time I had the, the response. Most of the time, if you make a fail knot, it's because you have a Gandiva and you want better arrows for your white damage. Like that, that is what's going on. Okay. You can so do these the other honest, things with the That's bow. the honest breakdown there, Fox. It's, it's arrow yeah. deployment for uh, Gandiva. Yeah. And if you want to be prepared for like all sorts of crazy scenarios or you just want to have fun and use a bow because bows, you think bows are cooler than guns. And I honestly, I'm in that club too. Um, <laughs> use, use a bow when possible. Like, like I was trying to say, you're, your hybrid weapon skills on a bow are fine. You're going to do, you can do cap damage with uh, with a hybrid the same way you can do a cap damage with a hybrid with a gun. Like, it, it's still well, possible. Well, then skill chaining is the next thing. Yeah. You get so better skill you... chains with, uh, depending on what you're using, with not using that, because you're losing level 1s versus level 2s with uh, True Flight versus uh, Hotshot. Uh, so, with it all depends. the skill chain damage gear we have, though, because, like, a lot of times, if you, if you do a hybrid weapon skill with a bow, you're going to be wearing mostly Naomi, and Naomi has a lot of skill chain damage bonus, and because of that, the level 1 skill chains are actually still very good to use, um, especially if you can keep chaining them together. What's cool, too, is because you're a ranger shooting in this case, I mean, you could be also meleeing, which also, this would lend even better to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Subbing Dancer for skill chain bonus would be cool, because you also could dual wield, but you also can just get that bonus with an Naomi and probably be close to cap. Sure. So. I really wish that you could apply uh, Samba by ranged attack. <laughs> Samba cool. ranged attack, dude, that would be so sick. That would. Be I mean, ridiculous. you can. That's just that's just a quick aside. It's that, like that I, would be cool. I always have I always have difficulty justifying using a Samba on sub on sub dancer because it's it just feels like dude, a waste of your time. I think ranger <laughs> sub dancer if Samba could be applied by a range attack would open up a whole <laughs> world of synergy that would be. I think that should be a thing because it's, it's an attack. It should be a thing. Or what about Rings the rangers who, who shoot and then heal the party with vaults? <laughs> I mean, now we're just getting ridiculous, you know, right? But, it, but so, see, at the same time, you do have a job that can get a bunch of extra TP from recycle proccing and stuff and can do that. So you could theoretically throw out waltzes or a race. I mean, you could do that if you're in some really dysfunctional dynamis or something. You could do that. I want people listening to know that I'm memeing really hard right now, though. Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> like, but it's still, yeah, it's still, I mean, still, still I cool you if you get excited by stupid shit. That is something stupid yeah. and shitty that you can do. I mean, in most content, you don't have to be, like, <laughs> absolutely Ranger. the best. Like, you can fuck around and be Fox, fine. Fox, we, we've so. put away the Vermilion Cloak and the Sub White Mage. <laughs> we are effectively using Sub Dancer now for all of our healing needs. The passionate Ranger. I am the ranger that makes all of the slash emote <laughs> ranger with the butterflies in the finger a reality. They really could have done a better job of, of separating the, the archery weapon skills from the marksmanship weapon skills in terms of what they do. I think that would have given Bo a I, I really great identity. It's like a scythe and greatsword has better separation. They didn't do that with, with yeah. archery. They really should have. I think that's one of the, yeah. the, the big glaring holes of not developing Ranger to its fullest. Like, so Ranger is obviously a fully developed job, but just not having that separation of weapon skill properties as you do with scythe versus greatsword, which would be the exact analogy to properties. bow versus gun. Just... Not not just properties, just like what you do with the weapons. Like it, so, I think think about, a longer range on bow, so you can be even safer and have that true shot. 
I mean, not even that. Think think about how crossbows used to be used, right? You, like you used to be able to use like bloody bolts and acid bolts bloody and things bolts. like that. They they kind right, of brought them back with Adeline, but they just didn't bring them back. They didn't, right? But they still it gave crossbow an identity during that time that made crossbow different from bow and gun. Yeah, I agree. The identity and between crossbow and gun has been there's no identity existence. difference outside of less damage between bow and gun. And they could have done something more with that. In fact, if they had brought back like elemental arrows or something Those and given cool. us a, and given us a, a more powerful reason to do that, I think that could have been Bo's identity. But crossbows yeah. and bows do get elemental arrows, but crossbows have a lower range. Having a crossbow be the elemental damage bow for shots could have been really cool because it also would have meshed with more magic setups. Yeah. And that, that's, that's mean, right that there on the table. They have everything in the game. Just change it slightly. And it's, it's, there you go. That's it. Yeah. Or or give like the, the bow weapon skills, give them like more debuffing properties, give them like defense down properties or, or something. Um, give 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 the user a reason to use a bow or at least switch to a bow, apply something and then switch to something else. Give because defense down the heavy shot all the time. Stupid. It's heavy shots that have defense down. Or or blast arrow if, if you're going to make blast the bow arrow, the deep yeah yeah like it it doesn't matter like give bow that identity because like you see like warriors switch weapons all the time to apply an effect and then switch back to what they're going to DD with and in this situation like we have the same sort of thing that could come up it's like we could have them switch to a bow if they need to apply like a status effect or like some sort of um, special effect if you need to do special elemental damage via arrows or or whatever stupid idea I could come up with it would at least be different than just firing at the mob and firing at the mob and deciding that the gun does more damage, so I'm only going to use gun. So, so that's the problem Bo has. It would have been nice, yes. But do you want to go over Ranger's three gear sets, AF, Relic, and Imperium real quick? Because I think we've actually... I'm impressed of how quickly we did not only a Fujito, but a whole <laughs> Ranger episode within two hours, which is a fucking respect the listener's time absolutely here. But as someone who's never looked at Ranger's gear, we talk about various pieces of gear here. We talk, like, the weapons have been touched on. The abilities are done. How apply Ranger's done. I mean, we have we have no outline, but... <laughs> right. I, I used to spend a lot of time on Ranger, though. But no, for, I did just for never having no outline, this has been one of the it. better job episodes we've done on a job, especially a DD job. It, it's been better than I ever thought it would be. Well, fortunately, we had the one-dimensional trait of only having to talk about damage. Yeah, but, yeah, but you, have, you have just damage, <laughs> but you have so much more than that. So, I mean, what do you want to talk about? Like, what pieces are good? What pieces are bad? Like, well, because I mean, I mean you so don't always I've, need everything. I've right? never played Ranger. So, as a listener who could have never played Ranger, I've, as I said before, my Ranger was level 37 until recently 49, plus to have as a sub job option, which I've still not used, but it's 49, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see in a world where. I'm a big boy and pay extra a year for a wardrobe. I could see playing Ranger. It's my kind of job. It's not Warrior. It's not Samurai. It's not Dark Knight. Those are not my kind of jobs. If we yeah, haven't established, if we <laughs> haven't established in two and a half years, those aren't my jobs. I'm the Blue Mage. I'm the dancer. I'm the puppet master. I'm the scholar. The Black Mage. The Ranger. The thief. The fucking I don't know what other jobs next, but the Beast Master maybe. <laughs> but like Ranger fits in my wheelhouse. So I'm kind of like interested. I've never looked at the like Ranger, as I said before this episode, is the job that I know the least about in the DD completely. So I now look at all these sets of gear. I'm talking about this. I know that because I work in the wiki and various stuff. I like when he says a meanie piece or uh, Orion piece or a Cadian piece. I go, oh, that's AF, Relic, Empyrean. But beyond that, yeah. I've never looked at these in sets at all. 
So I'm now looking at the AF set here, and I see we have rapid shot and electrical damage in the head. That sounds like a head that used to be good before Naomi existed. Um, yeah, it, it has really low ranged attack, unfortunately. Um, so you're going to get more out of it. Ranger typically doesn't need as much range accuracy as, like, say, its Corsair counterpart. So the it has decent ranged accuracy on this for also having weapon skill damage. But, the yeah, you're right. The, the, the problem is that you don't need it. Um, it's a good rapid shot head, though. How like much rapid, rapid shot, shot do you have to worry about here? You want as much as possible. Okay, so okay, so you want if the you head can just do, for if you can, piece. I think, like let me check rapid shot pieces. Real quick. I think you can get to 100% rapid shot, or you want to. Oh, it has a 99% uh, rate cap. That's what it is. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so you, so it's, it's basically like having quick magic, but you do it on 99%. If I was magic. a new ranger who's passionate about a job and being cool and watching a tiger die for a million fucking years, like a, like a real hero. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or if you're Carrot's case, you go and take a shower because the tiger's dying too <laughs> slow and you come back and you got to watch the fucking tiger die again because you took too long. So the short of it is that you want almost all of its uh, JSC. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the fucking almost job of, intensive, yeah. gear intensive job. Because you get a lot of macro swap stuff too. Because the body um, here is camouflage. It looks like it's just for camouflage. Yeah, the, the head is like extreme accuracy situation. The hands the are shadow bind and barrage. Mm -hmm. so the hands are really important. Just just um, for those two things. The uh, the legs are important for snapshot and sharp shot. The snapshot here, yeah, those it's 15 yeah, sharp shot and 15, uh, 16 snapshot. Largest oh, snapshot. A uh, sharp shot is just a job ability that gives you range accuracy, but um, it's also, you might as well have it because this is your best snapshot piece. Um, and then you have it like Orion socks. You can make these if you want to. They give you their scavenge macro piece. Oh, spicy Ryan socks. You have 18% movement speed and scavenge. You want scavenge because in um, in sure. Odyssey, when you leave the fight and go back to the lobby, you can scavenge again. So, and so the, the, pieces, you, you shoot those the awkward thing, fast. the awkward thing about scavenge is it's better when you're using Empyrean as opposed to Aeonic. Because in the in the TP sets for Empyrean, you aren't using as much recycle, and if recycle procs, it doesn't add to the ammo that can be recovered from scavenge. So if you have your your recycle store TP build that you would use with your Ionic weapon, um, it actually doesn't do a lot. It, it doesn't carry nearly as much weight to try scavenge afterwards because you're procking on almost all of your shots. Um, but when it comes to like your Empyrean, you're blowing through ammo, you get a lot more back from your scavenges. You know that's that's the veteran ranger knowledge, Fox, that I would never fucking know. <laughs> well, I mean, I just got to play Ranger. I'm glad you're here that. to carry this entire thing. <laughs> I don't think you even knew that I was like as much of a Ranger. <laughs> well, no, because you've always been like, well, I'm going to go barge. I fucking hate this job. I'm putting it on mule. You know, <laughs> the whole episode about Ranger being right up my alley. I really, really enjoy the ideas of these jobs. And especially with the game, I'm glad it's still going to be there so I can eventually do these things because I'm really slow. I'm very deliberate. I like to have a lot of fun and something like this. Every time I talk about, it, I get so excited. It, it gets so I'm like I'm like, oh, this sounds so cool. I want to fucking do this. So I'm glad this episode has worked out so perfectly. So, but now we're on to relic, and now there's the sure. Arcadian beret with recycle. We talked about with rapid shot and recycle. Yes, you want four out of five of these pieces. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, the Arcadian beret is absurd. Um, you're going to use it with foam mostly, and also annihilator, um, as well as like fail not if you want to go to the bow extension. But I'll talk mostly about guns. Um, the body is absurd. the The body gives you a crazy amount of rapid shot, and we but you won't wear it for that. You'll wear uh, and like all these the pieces. Are minus one that's coming so up. it's great. You can cap it with like all these pieces. Oh yeah, interchangeable. 
that, that's what I was that's what I was really focusing on before is that this is a safe job. Like a lot of the times you're gonna cap or be near cap on negative entity, and then something like Hovershot is gonna get you the rest of the way there. Hovershot caps at minus fifty, which is the whole entity cap itself, which is cool. Yep. But a job without Hovershot being max that has basically minus entity on every fucking piece. Yeah, you have to get there. But you have that every you have and if you if you if you fuck up too, it's all gone. So but a job that doesn't have to worry about enmity at all. There's no deed in this game, physical, that has this amount of negative enmity. Even Black Mage doesn't have this amount of negative enmity. Honestly, as far as jobs go, there when we look at all this JSE, I think you'll you'll see it as we as we cover this. Um, there's very few jobs in this game that have JSE that is so focused like a laser on everything the job does. It's cool they balance the job about having absolutely the lowest enmity of any DD in the party, no matter what. I mean, Black Mage gets lower enmity from bursting, but otherwise. Even a ranger and, and is just lower. mechanics of nukes. Yeah, even even a ranger's lower, and that's that's yeah. really cool too because it may not be from your weapon skills when you're using savage blade, but even your your especially your magical weapon skill, but even just your range weapon skills versus your physical are going to generate less enmity even without a relic gun, and that's that's nice. Yeah, but that does yeah. matter in longer fights, and we do have those fights so that in wave three dynamis still. You don't want to be the ranger that dies or the DD that dies. So the ranger will live and the DDs will die and you will outparse those those DDs by living. Uh, <laughs> well, in, if your subdragoon, it goes further. It goes a lot further if you're subdragoon. Even V15s. But just so in open world we content. We didn't even too, talk about some jobs. <laughs> oh, some jobs. Oh, oh. But even when they make open world content, being the guy that shows up on ranger, you're out of range for most things. Most things don't go over 20 ohms and you can shoot beyond 20 ohms. And you're out of range, low enmity, you're going to be safe. So even if there's a world event, that they're going to make in the future. Uh, Rangers, the kind of job that will be safe. And there's plenty of master trials. The reason that Ranger was great for black and white is low enmity and being safe out of range of everything else going on and being able to put out damage. So, I mean, that, that was, was back then. That was back then. Now, so it still holds Now that true. we have super jump on, on Ranger, oh, super jump Ranger. Yeah, GG. High jump on Ranger, GG. You're like, you don't, you, you only pull heat when you fuck up. Basically. Yeah, Ranger, Ranger Sub Dragoon is the ultimate minus enmity DD in this yeah. game. It's crazy, yeah. And there's something to be um, said about that too. And that's the thing that's not considered with Ranger or any DD in general is oh, this is the the hate free DD when it's sub dragoon. So uh I'm probably one of the only people, the opposite of hate free. Um, I'm probably one of the only people who will you will ever hear or advocate flashy shot like I did on this episode. But you actually don't want the arcade bracers, they suck. For flashy <laughs> shot. Okay. So that's that's the yeah, one of the five do pieces that you don't want. It yeah, has snapshot, but you're probably capital other pieces that you have. You're not gonna like this, but you want the Carmine hands plus one for for uh I was thinking that there's snapshot other pieces, yeah. and I'm sure Carmine is that piece. It is Carmine hands, yeah. Hey, you know, it's not that I hate Carmine hands, I've never had a problem with that, but hey, if it's a better piece for macro, it's, it's, like, piece for it's macro. like the one piece you have to wear. So. Yeah, that's fine. That was always Carmine is the uh for the old school players, the wormal abjuration hands from fucking Siriu in Sky. So those have always been the range hands in this game. So yeah, it's, specifically it's that they are a snapshot piece. As far as a quick like abjuration gear tangent, like as far as abjuration gear goes, you need the Carmine hands, and you're going to want the uh, uh, Adamar Kex, the the legs. Um, and you yeah, want I remember, those the, I remember even I kept the NQ legs shot. in my house for my Corsair, even though I haven't played them forever. Because I go look at all that yeah. that that snapshot on those pants. I got to keep those for my Corsair. And rapid shot. When you pass them yeah, properly, shot, yeah, for pitch. But yeah, the, the Arcadian racers, though they're they're outclassed by a lot of different pieces, and they're not worth the flashy shot, honestly. Um, the Brocade looks like another piece that used to be good until Naomi came out. They still are. Well, they have snapshot and eagle eye shot, so so they have negative enmity on them during weapon skill. They have uh, range attack eighty one, 
And they also still enhance your eagle eye shot too. And the eagle eye shot is also too. a meme. Yeah, it, it and and the weapon skill damage isn't that far behind. Yeah, I could see uh, keeping those for something like Arabati, where Emony is very. It, it's frankly, I can't overstate how very fucking sensitive Emony is in Arabati. I could see I, using those in Arabati just for less Emony, even though you still have hover shot capping. Yes, so you'd have to be aware. But on non hybrid weapon skills, I still use these um, because Ranger, like we were talking about, is the is the highest PDF job in the game as far as like getting to cap. So you're almost always taking advantage of all the ranged attack you can get. So even though this only slightly edges out Naomi in terms of that, and it's like 1% less weapon skill damage, you get negative enmity, you get more ranged attack, like you're getting closer to your goal of maximizing as it much as you can. 81 range attack. That's quite a lot of range attack. It is a lot. And it's also the same reason you want these feet too. And um, Eagle Eye Shot is, is a bit meme as it's always been, but Eagle Eye Shot will do... will do on a buffed content fight like Arabati, if you do 25k with an instant job ability, that's an instant weapon skill. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 25k, take it or leave it, but when you're trying to beat something and then time's critical, and we've had fights, Fox, you and I, where we, we have 10 seconds left and win that V25 fight, or even mm-hmm. even less than that a couple times, that, that, that instant ability to do a weapon skill with no TP is, it may be not be great, the greatest one hour, but it is something you need to enhance and need to have ready to fire so you can do that damage because you have it. Why not use it? It's your job. It can also crit. I can crit? I didn't know crit. Yes. So if you gear your eagle eye shot for critting, you get all of those crit multipliers on it too. Can, so if eagle eye shot crits, that could be ridiculous. That could also be why eagle eye shot can do ridiculous damage. So what you do is you break your camouflage with it. Oh. When oh. It's about to- Oh, yeah. so when your overkill is over and you're about to run out of out of camouflage, you break camouflage with eagle eye shot. That's really fucking fancy. I, so that's that's part of chaining all of Ranger's abilities and stuff together. I've never yeah. thought about this whole episode. I'm like, oh, camouflage really cool. I never thought about so breaking camouflage with eagle eye shot. You can you can use it with flashy shot or you camouflage. Um, you have options, right? But at least those options are there. You cut out for um, a second. But... If oh, sorry. Um, so you can use it with flashy shot, or you can use it to break camouflage. It just depends on how it aligns in the fight, but at least you have options at this point. Um, and that, that's what it's about, is preserving all of your options and doing as much damage based on your situation. So if, if you can gear it to crit, and a lot of times you, you are gearing it to crit, because you're approaching, like, like in the, the situation with Arabati, you have a crit build, um, you can actually focus on crit with it, as well as the rest of your, your PDL stuff and everything, because it doesn't scale with weapon skill damage. So what else are you going to use? You might as well, you know, go nuts. And I, I believe it counts as a regular range attack. So even dead aim is going to be multiplied into this as well. So that eagle eye shot can absolutely do great numbers, but you have to use it properly. And you almost never see anyone use it properly. It's just the camouflage alone is something that I don't think. I mean, I'm sure it's in a guide somewhere that people don't read. Maybe. I mean, if I, I honestly I haven't really read the guide. <laughs> uh, if I pull it up, it might be there. I'm not going to do that right now, but possibly. I, I hope it is. I mean, I, I hope I, it's I not do hope new. it is. Yeah, but you never see people do it, so I wanted to mention that. Like the, these true. legs are actually deceptively really good. <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know anyone in our group that did it or not. Whether they do or not, I don't know. But it's not been talked about, so it's not something that I've encountered before. So when you say people don't do it, I I wholly believe Mo- that most because don't. I don't. I have never heard or seen it. So. And I honestly, I'm bad. I forget to mention it to people too, because again, I'm usually not the one on the job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and then also like the feet 
um, the feet have high range attack and they have 8% crit rate, you actually use this in your aftermath build uh, for Imperium weapons. I so you want the feet. 8% yeah. crit rate on feet is not 51 agility. Jobs. And the important thing about range attacks that people would want to understand is that so I piece like 51 agility. Agility is crit rate on Ranger, not dex. Yep. So the more agility you have, it uses D agility to determine the crit rate. Wait, so Fox, uh, Fox, you're saying there's an F strength and an <laughs> F strength two? And you're saying you're saying that there's different calculations for for range attacks. This is ridiculous. Yeah, range attacks are, are very are very specific. I'm going back to my niggling slash offhand dancer cracking club dragoon for all my shoal seas where I do nothing else in this game. I'm going to do that instead because what you just said is so complicated, Fox. I can't fathom it. I'm done with this job. That's it. Look, I can understand you not wanting to be a mega chad and critting like a goddamn man. Oh, mega chad, but. But you can do that, <laughs> and it's, it doesn't take a lot to understand. Just know when to build for crits. That's it. So like, here comes... You don't, need to, you don't need to understand the fancy shit. You just need to understand the situation and what you should do. So here comes <laughs> the modern Gear Fox, where we have now the Maybe. even further negative enmity. And this is to go even further, as Goku oh, once said. boy. The head. <laughs> Look at this head. We got Subtle Blow, we have DT, we have Snapshot, and we have what I assume is like Scholar with Double Shot enmity minus 58. I assume it's is so past the cap. It's so awkward. This piece is so good, right? But the the it's like Essie knows all those things that I said were uh, were Rangers Achilles heels. Essie obviously knows because they made this piece, but it competes with the excellent headpieces you would be wearing anyway. So you'd either be wearing you'd be wearing the Arcadian head or you'll be wearing the Meganata visor. Like <laughs> you don't wear this because you are too busy doing those other things. Double shot M80 minus 58 is fucking sick, though. Does it go over does cap? Exceed the cap. It does exceed the cap. It's a so separate multiplier. I could see <laughs> having that third option here for Arabati, where if double shots on uh, I'd for Arma, to, maybe. I'd want to use this for Arma specifically, yeah. uh, specifically because Emity is a big problem in that fight. So this would be that third option, which is good yeah, to I have, mean, if, even if it does not compete with other situations. You well, you, you, want to, you want to analyze the fight as you go, and you want to decide if you're on pace to take a 12% you know, crit rate reduction for negative entity though. Because sometimes you just can't afford that time. And yeah, that shit's going to suck. Well, so we have, we have a situation here where relic gun doesn't do the same damage as the Empyrean gun or even the Empyrean bow mm -hmm. and using double shot for even less enmity than cap versus mm -hmm. having to use relic gun for no enmity or not. No, you but, but limited. I think that would be a, a choice to have to make there because you're going to do more damage by not using that, that gun to do this. And it's a reasonable thing to try, though. I never personally have. It's not and a big loss, too, with that, that headpiece. It's it's one piece for the, the sole gain of lower enmity here that you'd be trying to have. So coming from a perspective of someone who plays lots of jobs, this is the sort of thing that paladins complain about when it comes to subbing certain sub-jobs for, like, Tranquil Heart, you know? there There's a lot of jobs where Tranquil Heart really fucks you. And this is effectively the same kind of enmity reduction that Trinkleheart would provide, um, if, if you think about it that way. This is exceeding the cap by an additional 58%. Yeah, so you have minus 50 and then another 58% minus into that, which is ridiculous. Well, no, no, it, 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 it's multiplied in. It's multiplied in. Because if it was minus, it'd be zero enmity. <laughs> well, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be minus. It'd be a percentage after percentage. So Yes. Yeah, it's multiplied. So it's, it's, it's the same way. Enmity by a further 58% after other enmity minus gear exceeds the cap. Yes, it's the same way that uh, the Empyrean body for scholars calculated. It's the same way that Tranquil Heart is calculated. Um, it's just a separate multiplier, and a lot of the times, like the tanks can't sub 
or they don't want to sub certain sub jobs, especially Paladin, that would give them like a huge amount of additional skills because Tranquil Heart fucks their enemy generation. In this case, you're getting a similar bonus, but you're giving up the ability to do like additional damage or have an have a, a better hit build. Um, so you you want to play it by ear. Like this isn't a piece you use all the time, but it definitely should be a contender to brew around. Um, I would actually be interested if I was still playing Ranger to to use this piece, but I haven't played Ranger since the Amini set got upgraded to plus two. I and, would use this for Era Body because you're in a situation where you're trying to choose between negative enmity and damage, and that you're right, it is a piece that you have to choose between, but you would not use in most situations on Ranger. So. That, that's what yeah. I like, too, is having that piece that I definitely have a specific narrow situation I want to use it on, and I think a fight like Arabati, you would want to use this on. I think I think so, too. Yeah, I would be I would be very interested to try this if I was a, if I was a ranger. But, it, sure. but in general, yes, I wouldn't want to give up my AM3 set for this headpiece if I didn't have to give it up, but I do think Arabati is exactly the fight. And when people think about ranger, they they're generally go, okay, I'm trying to use this for this specific narrow criteria. I want to, like, I don't want to pigeonhole ranger into Arabati's episodes about more than than Ranger being used for one fight. We That's, have to talk about what it's called on for. Though. It is called on for that, though. So optimizing it and understanding your gear, if you can apply that headpiece to Arabati, you can apply the headpiece to any content in this game. So if you understand how to apply it to actual literal content, it allows you to take it further than that. And that's the whole point of the whole episode. Yeah, uh, it's it circles back to the concept of, of enough. Can't, do you determine how much you need? Um, do you Are you doing enough damage? Like, do you need to do 70K or is 66K cool? You know, yeah. Um, it's so that, that's time. that's what I look at when I see this, and it's like if you're on pace to not need the absolute maximum of your of your white damage or whatever, this sounds like an excellent piece. Um, and note though, this only comes on during double shot, so it's not just at all times, but double shot is when Arma typically <laughs> pulls the most hate. So yeah, uh, yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> Um, if you were already... concerned with bleeding the stone for all the damage you can do, I think just using this for any double shot at all on ranger if you're just trying to have a general macro if i had to pick and choose i'm like i'm not going to have a million different tiers of whatever or, or i'm a non-windower player i could see just using that for that yeah and it's nice to see dt on it also because like you could try to take advantage of true shot and and work in some other dt dt gear maybe and uh try to like make up for the damage that you're missing by using other pieces by standing in range properly um it's a it's a slightly synergistic with that idea it is, but it yeah. doesn't mean you'll be able to execute it all the time. Because <laughs> Ranger is missing any DT in any of these PDLs pieces or crit pieces it has on. So to have a minus enmity piece beyond cap with PDL, uh, damage taken 11% in general really kind of makes up for a deficiency it has as a job. Even though it's usually out yeah. of range of damage, that's really a, a it's going to still matter sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, we already talked about the body at length, um, velocity shots, and insanely broken ability, and PDL. this really pushes it. Yeah, you so you want this on in your pre-shot and your post-shot because velocity it, it enhances velocity shot in your pre-shot as well, um, and it makes your range attacks faster. And velocity shot breaks the cap for a uh, snapshot, so you want as much of it as possible. These gloves look weird. Uh, yeah, they're just bounty shot. They look weird. They, <laughs> they don't look do anything. Archery skill. Haste or TP eleven, like could you melee in these? Sure, damage. It's the last piece I would make. It's <laughs> it is the last piece, but I could see versus um. So on a melee ranger here, I mean I've not played the job. I'm just spitballing here. You have start TP eleven on hands, which is probably the exact, if not one less. I think malignant hands is twelve, so it's one less that than that. Mm -hmm. But you have extra DT on it, so okay. I could see using this as a melee piece for ranger on the front line to keep safe. That's fair. Um, yeah, with a store TP, that does make sense. Yeah. When I look at this, I see a piece that has decent magic evasion. 
I see that it has 5% haste and DT minus 11%. So this is the sort of piece I would also use on my Utsu Semi casts if I were to uh, actually like sub ninja and like cast Utsu Semi. I would probably use this in my hand slot. That is still even from 75 on a big part of Ranger is using shadows to not die. <laughs> yeah, mitigate and not yeah. die. Yeah, you'll choose Sub Dragoon or, or Sub Ninja. Sometimes damage is unavoidable. So you want to try to. Uh, Get the offhand, the proper gear. Get yeah. the offhand and survive certain TP moves. There you go. And fuck, these legs are ridiculous. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> True shot eight, oh, TP man. twelve, crit rate six, damage taken thirteen. What? What a what an all around piece. piece. Yeah, what a what, what a piece. piece. Out of, out of every set <laughs> we've talked about, out of three sets, these legs stand out the most to me. <laughs> They're crazy. Um, yeah, I love true shot builds. I wish you could use them more right now, but uh, keep them in your back pocket. If you can't use your true shot now, maybe someday you can. And uh, these things are crazy. These are great for aftermath. Um, these are these are like the best legs that you're going to wear. So for between that. between the hands and the legs, Fox, in two pieces, we have Storthy P12 on these legs, which is more than than uh, malignance is, and more than anything else you're going to be using. And we have between those two pieces, we have DT 24% two slots with Storthy sure. P plus. <laughs> plus plus 23 this like like ranger gets some like, none of these pieces have negative enmity here but you're also tp'ing so that's fine and you also yeah. have other slots to use not that you're oh, yeah. you, you can, you can that, shoot but. the I, yeah I, I i i guess it goes without saying like you you want to shoot in the gloves too if you're going to be shooting in them but some most of the time people use malignant's hands because they have one more store tp and some physical yeah. damage limit but you can shoot in these for, for PDL and the ones to SCP. That would be ideal. But I'm saying on the front yeah. line and two pieces here true for, shot. for melee because these yeah. have these have accuracy plus 62 and 63 on on those two pieces. Those are those are just some really solid all around. I mean, they're not exclusively for shooting and exclusively for meleeing, but they they just have all around for ranger there. It's nice that the Empyrean the Empyrean kind of pieced everything back together here. The job had none yeah. of this for the other sets it had until this point here. This is this is big for Ranger being able to do other things. I, I kind of wish the DT was on the body instead of the hands, but um, you do get half of your DT cap roughly in yeah. two pieces, which is where you want to live. Um, even if you're not capping, let's say you're at like 40% DT, that's still pretty good for a job that evades most attacks. So just by positioning alone. I feel like so these kind of keep that. Up. I feel like the last piece of these feet have both confusing <laughs> and good qualities to them. We God, have they're really good. Though. We have enmity <laughs> minus twelve marksmanship skill plus thirty eight, great. And then we have unlimited shots enhanced. Mm. And we have weapon skill damage twelve percent. And we also yep. have you know no magic attack bonus or anything. But we also like there's a different piece. Marksmanship for skill. So these have range attack and marksmanship skill. Yeah, they do. And enmity minus twelve. So they're great like for weapon that, skill in these. But they're also day. particular in what you use them for. A lot of ranger gear seems very particular. Yeah, you you exactly. You weapon skill in these, and then you don't wear them otherwise. <laughs> looks looks great outside of skill training, which you don't do with Savage Blade generally. Although and you can if, if, with for Savage Blade. If they ever make a job adjustment to unlimited shot to make it better, like unlimited shot is the kind of idea that you would want to use with a weapon skill. So it's good that these un enhance the unlimited shot effect. It's just unlimited shot sucks, unfortunately. So if you'll they, never use it, it. It's back to the whole case of thief needing accomplice and collaborator separated. It needs to have yeah. unlimited shot and double shot separated. That's ridiculous. The fact that it hasn't yeah. been separated is, is very confusing. It's something I haven't thought of because I don't play this job. But for same for thief, it just needs to be separated. And even for ranger more so. Yeah. And then the uh, the rapid shot bonus is is absurd too. So if you happen to get a rapid shot proc and you want as much of it as possible, those shots occasionally deal double damage. It's like a five percent chance if you wear all five pieces. It's like one percent per go. But uh, I appreciate yeah, SC's attempt to make these plus three Imperian sets 
really filling all those gaps. They did a lot of the job they talked about in the, in the so far with different job episodes. Those plus three sets have really covered mm-hmm. a lot of weak spots or missing spots or upgraded stuff. Yeah, it, it just takes more of a look at it. Because like you can, you can casually glance at a lot of these sets and you're looking for like the stuff you would usually check off your dark matter checklist. You know, where it's like, oh, once upon a time, I want a dark matter checklist. Well, what, what I'm talking about is like people used to like always want like the quad attack or the weapon skill damage and yes. shit like that. And if they don't see that on their new gear, they're just like, okay, well, I guess it's just a piece, right? And clearly you can look at all this stuff and it's like, yeah, on their own, each of these pieces is like pretty okay. But when you start combining them or, or even combining them with other sets, like that's when they start shining. Like on their own, a mini Brogs plus three are really good. Uh, the legs, they're they're fantastic. But if you factored into like say your your crit build, way to go, good for you. Like it it got even better. And yeah, it, it you just need to or or like the analysis we did for Amini Gapet, the the head. Um that's a better piece for at first family. glance, people are gonna look at that and be like, like like I did, um, where it's like, well, it doesn't help my sore TP and it doesn't help my my crit damage. So why the fuck am I wearing this? And it just takes better application. Like you have to analyze the fight at hand and you have to use it properly and it shines. And uh, yeah, the Imperium plus three sets typically have this going for them. But that's like Ranger. That, Sorry. Yeah, that is Ranger. Though. Sorry, I, th- I didn't know you were, were going to continue. There's just a, there's a lot to talk about for it just to be a damage job, that's for sure. Yeah, so um, that's I'm, what I appreciate about that job is I knew going into it beforehand, we would be able to do an episode comprehensively without having an outline that would cover a job that's only a damage dealer but when we talk about ranger being only a damage dealer that's nothing like samurai warrior dark knight even dragoon blue mage anything else that does damage exclusively blue mage does more damage but anything that's exclusively thought as a damage dealer it's just not even anything close to that so but it's a job that i thought we could really touch on we haven't done a job episode in quite a while i want to do a job episode with you fox because they're always this has been a great great time talking about this job i've been (laughs) i've been pretty excited about this job I just picked this at random too. I was like, what do we have left? Like, ah, oh, Ranger. And we took for years, Fox, I think even a couple of years now, it's been like, yeah, Ranger, fuck that job, whatever. I've it's always like, been down on doing yeah. the Ranger episode because I'm just kind of down on Ranger lately. And I, I think even it doesn't, you, it doesn't excite me as much anymore because it only does damage, right? Like, I like jobs that have more utility. Yeah. But even as far as the damage as it goes, the utility on a Ranger for damage is more flexible than other jobs' damage. Come on. I, I think that's too general of a statement. <laughs> okay, make. okay. Too general of a statement's fair. That's way too general. However, however <laughs> you have a job that is generally safe from AoEs, has a wide variety of weapons and, and great decision-making process has to occur in which to use them in. It has mm-hmm. negative enmity out the wazoo. It can melee while being also out of range. It's weak on the front line, strong in the back line even though it does strong damage in the front line, and it has a lot of macro pieces and different considerations for its gear swap. It may be just a damage dealer, but it also is a skill chainer, works in mage setups like melees that are warrior do not work in mage setups. It, it, yeah. does, it does all these things. It has magic and damage. it's a low buff job too. Like You don't need yeah. to buff it as much to get a decent result. But at I the like same time, part. it's a low buff job. You don't need a good result, correct. But when you're applying it to Arabati and need the princess buffs it is a princess buff job so it's both things yeah. both a low buff job and a princess buff job even more so than warrior would be it's true so it's really i just of, it's all over the place that's cool i i just think that that people can bring more out of this job and you don't usually see it happen because a lot of people don't understand a lot of the concepts that drive this job they just look at 
this this X thing is supposed to do the highest damage in this situation, so therefore you do that, and you're supposed to apply it to all situations, and it's just not a playstyle you can bring to Ranger, because you won't always find that result the exact same way every time. Very like mechanics, actually, very mechanics yeah, very, and strategy-driven. Very much so, yes. And that's what's cool, though. If you're a job that wants to be a DD that is more than just a brain-dead, smooth-brain DD and want mechanics-driven, strategy-driven job that's a DD as well, that you have to put more effort and thought into, then um, Ranger is that more effort, more thought, more reward for those effort and thoughts kind of job that you can't get on other jobs. While while correct, this is actually one of the uh, one of the most I'm hitting a macro jobs to play. Yes, <laughs> like like yes. when you're actually playing this job, this job playstyle wise is for smooth brains. <laughs> so yes, playstyle wise, correct. Like you don't do much on ranger. Like you hit your range attack macro and you monitor your cooldowns and your weapon skill when appropriate. Like you don't do a lot of other chant. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> it's it's very easy to play. It just has a very high gear and skill it's threshold. It's easy to play, but that's a pitfall because it's easy to play, but it's not easy to get the most out of because you can just yes, hit a macro it's, over. Yeah, that's that's the problem. It's People mechanically like it. easy to play, but it's also very mechanically dense when you look at the mechanics of it. Like if you're if you're actually playing it, you just hit a macro over and over and over again, and a lot of it's in your pre-planning, your pre-flight with startup. Um. Yeah, it's 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 very easy to play once you have everything sorted out. <laughs> and, but it is it is very it has a very very high gear threshold and it has a very very high skill threshold to get the most out of it. Hey Fox, hmm. how are you doing? Um, I'm doing okay. I'm back to class. You're back to class already? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, last week was my first week of classes. It was uh, it went okay. Uh, I have one teacher that doesn't seem like they know what they're doing, but the rest of them are fantastic. <laughs> this seems to be a theme. <laughs> a lot of it's, your, it's one one out of three yeah a lot, a lot of your, your a lot of your college stories are like this teacher's nobody's doing well so i believe this guy probably knows how to program in like c plus plus because that's what this class is very heavily oh, you're on. saying he's an old programmer no he's not he's someone who who i believe has never taught a class before oh no. because he's 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 kind of like a death, not really a death by PowerPoint guy, but like I don't think he understands what he's communicating to us. Oh no, not death by PowerPoint. It's coding. It's kind of like that. No. Like like he has like like he sits down with a lesson plan and he has to hit all of the check boxes that he that he made, regardless of whether we understand it by the time the lesson's done. Oh no, I know and exactly he gets what really, you're talking about. And he gets really sidetracked at the beginning of it trying to explain something and then crams everything else he needed to talk about oh, that day. Oh no, the that's end. the worst kind of teacher. Maybe yeah. maybe the worst. Like I say worst subjectively, and, but that's that's really bad. And I raised a huge eyebrow when he posted like the in-class activity that we had to we had to turn in afterwards. It was uh it was just a really simple thing that we had to it was it was like as hello world as it could be, which is really strange because it's a level three eighty class, um, or it's three hundred and sixty one is the is the class level, so it's like a, a mid junior class, and uh, we we had to do like what was basically hello world in 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 C plus plus for whatever reason, and when he posted the assignment, he posted the assignment in a way that wasn't formatted properly, so he had all of the line numbers for his code in line with what we were supposed to use so like it, it you copy pasted it you and then and then modified it you you had to you copy pasted it and you had to go in and just manually delete every single row of numbers and it had a very nice amount of rows 
So I had to go through 69 fucking lines nice. and delete the and delete the numbers, dude. So yeah, I I it, it was so, so funny too because like after after do you that think that was deliberate as well? Sixty nine numbers. I don't fucking know, man. Sometimes I mean a lot of us <laughs> do have think, sense of humor. Do you, think, do you think he was deliberate in that? Mm, delete my sixty nine. I mean, I deliberately put these trades in code. It's fun, but who knows? <laughs> I don't think that was an uh, Easter egg. I think that was a I don't know how to teach this class Easter egg. Possibly, but yeah, like after that class though, um, I. I I had the same guy who attended that class in one of my next ones, and he turns around. And he's like, "How about that uh, that that 361 class?" And I'm like, "Oh, dude, you're in there too." And he's like, "Oh man, this is going to be a long class." <laughs> oh, you made a friend, another guy that can. No, not, not really. I, I, it's, it's a guy that's been in some of my other classes before. You made a friend. Yeah, it's just it's just funny that that I wasn't the only one who was put off by this, and it was like kind of refreshing that I wasn't the only one put off by this. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> It's gonna be a special one. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach myself the advanced parts of that programming language, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, just classes started up. I've got good classes. I've got one class that's suspect. And, um, yeah, I tried to make uh, I tried to make a batch of uh, uh, red coconut uh, shrimp curry today, Ooh. and I was so dumb. Like my dad called and he he needed some help with his computer, so I was like talking him through it. Oh no! And while I was cooking, and I put the uh, I put the Gulf shrimp that I had bought in the in the water to 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 defrost and boil and everything. And when I pulled it out, I put it into my uh, into my curry to cook, and I didn't deshell or devein them. Oh no! I, I mean, fucking notice until oh, i was no. done oh you forgot to peel your shrimp and your curry that's gonna be the worst <laughs> it was it, it was so fishy and 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 bad since i didn't do that and i, I tried to salvage the dish i tried to salvage the dish because it's a fairly expensive dish to make um like compared to what i usually make first it to help so, they need to ruin your food that's horrible but 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 the thing about curry, the, the the this kind of curry that a lot of people don't get is that it's uh, very sticky when you go to do it. So here I am, like <laughs> peeling through this shrimp, trying to like deshell and devein it. Exactly, and I, here I am, like peeling through the shrimp, trying to like deshell and devein it. It's and like not thick butter and coconut oil. You're trying to like peel shrimp shells through thick oil. I went through like half a roll of napkin oh. <laughs> trying to fix my dish. Oh no. And, and, 45 minutes later, I go to eat my dish and it was, and I took like a couple bites. I'm like, this is just tainted. That's a wonderful food for sure. That's unfortunate. Oh, dude, I, I had to toss the whole thing. That's I can't believe I did. I, and I didn't even notice till I was done because like I was doing two things at once and it was just a very simple step. And I was like, why did I do this? That's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm sorry. You lost your expensive shrimp. Oh, man. That's, that's sad. I like shrimp myself. That's, I mean, who, as well, long when as you, you have fuck analogy, up shrimp, though, like it's, shrimp? It's, it's terrible when you fuck up shrimp. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, like, it's like fucking do, up scallops, and, you know. I mean, not not exactly because yeah. scallops are rubbery. If you fuck them up, even more so. But that's I mean, true. I mean, it's worse to fuck up scallops, but it's like you don't want to you don't want to ruin those things. They're very good. Yeah, that was the super disappointing part of today because I fucking love coconut curry. And... I've never had red coconut curry, Fox. So it's good. It's uh, it's kind of like sweet and spicy, and it has like a little hint of coconut to it. I like coconut. Right. Carrot does not like coconut whatsoever. She's very anti coconut. So. What? Oh, yeah. she's missing out. She is missing out because coconut's very rich in flavor and, and, and fat content, so it's it's good. And there's a there's a lot of vegetables you can add to it. Like you can put like uh, green beans in there, and uh, and peppers are also bell peppers are also a good way to go. I'm very big on the bell peppers. 
Yeah, it's it's a solid choice when you're when you're making the dish. I come from an SPO area, Fox. Yeah, I didn't have any bell peppers today, so I just put uh, I just did scallions. But... You, you say yeah, you don't even know what SPO is. No, I don't. It's what you write on the when you order sausage, peppers, onions from a place. They write SPO oh. or whatever on the on the tin foil or whatever. I'm sure. Okay. It's sausage, peppers, onions are like a, a cornerstone of, of at least my corner of the world. I don't know about your corner of the world, but uh, I'm not big on the sausage part. You don't get you don't get sausage, pepper. Oh, come on. No, I usually go with like at least something peppers, onions. <laughs> I mean, yes, I go with peppers and onions on most things. I I mean, peppers and onions is too generic. Like the sausage is really just kind of the. It goes in a, it's, on it's a bun. A it goes in a bum with the tomato sauce and everything. It's you know, it's it's a spicy meat. That's, it's that's, it's one of our favorite meals. I I gave it to Karen. It's, it's become one of our. I mean, it's always been one of my favorites. But she, honey, like, have you been familiar with the sausage peppers onions before? Okay, okay, yes. It's a normal thing. Okay, okay. There so I'm go. not I'm not I'm not out of the ordinary. But the SPO is a is a thing here. As you as you ask someone who also locally dines with you, like like zucchini um, parm. Oh God! What do you mean? Oh God! The so, zucchini parm. I'm not a big fan of zucchini. Um, okay, well, so, okay, so chicken parm, eggplant parm, eggplant not not zucchini gross. parms. I'll do chicken though. Chicken parm's great. Chicken parm is like the if it wasn't for uh, the 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 pork roll, egg and cheese being the state sandwich, chicken parm would be the state meal. I believe that. That's a very <laughs> also thing. It's a chicken parm is very local. Yeah, chicken parm's pretty good. Um, yeah, whenever I go for peppers, though, like I put red pepper in a lot of things because I like spicy food. And then um, red peppers when I'm aren't just, spicy, like, though. If you're using like red pepper flakes, like depending oh, okay, on, on okay, like, okay, red pepper flakes, yeah, it's different. Yeah, I think meant like um, red bell pepper. And then another thing I do is is I go and buy like jalapenos, and I know how to do the uh, the pan fried uh, taqueria jalapenos. Ooh. If you've never had if you've never had those, you should. It's like a whole different uh, jalapeno experience. They're 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 salty and spicy. And I don't know if that's bad. different from how I make them in the mornings because I I get jalapenos at Aldi because they're affordable. But I also like jalapenos, so I, I make them in the morning with eggs and stuff. Yeah, you you get like a neutral you get like a neutral oil and you like you blister them and you want to add um uh you want to add uh like like sea salt and then I typically add like a little bit of sugar to it and uh, you you basically just blister it on all sides. And it's uh, it's it's super. I, I do that with some onions before doing other stuff. I make sure I blister them a bit, and then I throw other stuff in afterwards. Yeah, and and you uh, and you never discard like it, jalapenos aren't really hot, but you never discard the seeds or anything. Like it just adds to it. In fact, a lot of the time you'll cut the jalapeno in half before you do this. Yes, and then you'll do it. Not and, and also I add like a, a little bit of chili powder too uh, when I go to do it. So it's a uh, it's it's really good, and it's a it's a quick it's a quick side dish and. Um, yeah, it's it's super solid. But yeah, I don't think I ever talked about the the jalapenos because I make all sorts of food. I usually just talk about like curry and ramen because I make that a lot. But yeah. So, um, but that's about all I got going on, man. Well, with the with the jalapenos, the the caps, oh. I had to cut out the the white part because carrot sensitive to the spiciness. So I try to cut out all the. I like the spicy part of the jalapeno, but oh, I do too. Yeah. So you kind of you kind of had to try to. It's hard to keep the seeds of that part. Like you have to like manually collect seeds. Well. No, not really. Um, as long as you you cut them in half and then you you don't disturb them much while while you while you fry them. Oh, um, no, you have to cut the 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 capsulin out. Oh, sorry, and and you add a little bit of soy sauce too. Um, you add a little bit of soy sauce to the dish. Yeah, I do it. I add soy sauce, or if uh, I'm if I'm trying to balance the the spiciness of a of a jalapeno, I add Worcestershire. 
because it's, it's yeah, like soy sauce too, with yeah. with, uh, with anchovies. Well, not same thing. It's it's a soy sauce with anchovies. Not it's not literally soy sauce, but it's like soy sauce with anchovies yeah. and uh, and vinegar and and uh, sweet. It's got brown sugar and whatever. Yeah, I used to use Worcestershire all the time. Um, I used to put that in. Uh, I actually used to put that in ramen. I could see it for a long time. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid because it's got the it's got the anchovy and the savoriness. Um, oh yeah, I, I forgot. Uh, in game, uh, my my group's doing Zevioso right now. Um, we are fucking smoking it, and I, I feel like we did it the hard way <laughs> when, you know, when, when I did it with you. I still like, think, even though the conversation before the episode was Dancer loses DPS on steps, I still think Dancer over Dragoon or could, could definitely because the haste Samba helps make up for the D's that that lacking bit of the delay you're losing. So I still so, think Dancer could be taken for safety. And I mean, DPS. we're rolling in. We're we're rolling in with with Warrior Dragoon Geomancer. Bard, Corsair, White Mage. So there's only one healer. And we just go ham and we use like barrier bubble uh for, for defense. And I, I actually PNSMO uh two mins and a ballad on the uh on the white mage so that way they can survive outside the bubble. And we just let the ads do whatever they hit us for double digit damage, doesn't really matter. And we got Zevioso on our best run so far uh to 18%, and we still had like seven and a half minutes left on the clock. Like it was crazy. Uh, we absolutely were smoking that D. Um, it is still one-shotting people, so I might take away one of the minuets we're using and put in like a wind carol because it's mostly like the the denimas that are killing people. But um, it, it's it's so promising. Like the the damage is just insane. Like we are not scraping at all in the fight. Like I, I'm I'm there on bard, and I'm actually doing mordant rhymes that are doing almost the same damage as like my climactic rudras were doing on dancer, but we were under buffed in the other setup. Uh, that's so, good to know, like, though. Yeah, that, that's the difference, though, is I'm spamming Warden Rhyme for, like, 25, 30k, and yeah, it's getting crazy. But yeah, it's it's just a solid experience. Like, there's a lot of different ways to, to do that fight, apparently, and and since I, I, I finally broke down, because I, I had complained about Dancer a few times, I was like, I feel like my damage is low, like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm properly, like, buffed for this situation. We still could have given up a different job to keep out that Geo. If we got rid of Paladin for Geo, we would have been absolutely perfect in that setup. So our, our problem is taking Paladin instead of Geo. Possibly. Um, yeah. yeah I was going off of what other people had done and building off of it, and I thought our setup was pretty good building off of what I've seen. But if we change our setup even more than what we did... For our setup works is why we kept with it. We go. It's not a matter of it's not a matter of mechanics or anything. And we're not we're not doing anything wrong. We just have to just go and do it, and we'll eventually win. But if we had just changed that paladin for that geo and our setup, even keeping the dancer, I still think that would have been uh, good. Our our other bard didn't have an afterglow Karn, and I was like, well, your damage could be higher. You know, I, I'm like I'm like I'm like <laughs> so when you get to the bard and say your damage could be higher when everyone's destroying everything. Well, no, it, it wasn't at the time. I was like, we can't, we can't have a better way of doing this. And finally, I go, you know what? I've wanted to remove this job from this setup for a while. I'm like, fuck dancer. I'm not going to bring dancer. It felt uh, like I actually you're went being forced into it. Though is the problem is why you got it rid of it. Yeah, me. but you're not forced into it. You just got to, you just got to move other stuff around. I think that the power. Yeah, is the problem. but I went uh, and and yeah, ultimately it is like you actually don't need that many healers if you smoke the mob. Yeah, correct. Um, but if, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was like, fuck dancer, get dancer out of there. I actually went, uh, geo to the first one and I didn't learn about the, the bard having a, a non-Africa card until after. That sounds really bad. And, so then I actually switched things around and I went bard and then he ended up going warrior and then we had uh, another guy go geo instead. And they'd be better off with I, I or something than a non-Africa card, even an Aeneas in general yeah. over a card. 
Well, I went in with like my rank three Karn at first, and the damage was still fantastic. And I go, fuck, I've stored up like two stacks of astrals. I can't believe I'm going to do this. So then I went and dropped all those astrals into Karn, and I was like, oh, this is actually paying dividends right Fox, now. Fox, so we're going to oh. get more astrals tomorrow when we go to wave three in our pickup run for Divergence. Yeah. Because I have a Satan Cobra. Exciting. I need to path see that shit. Yeah, how are you doing, man? Oh, well, well no, you're, you're still going. No, no, that's all I have, really. Okay, okay. So let's go with the real life first. So we now return to your Jersey traffic update. Oh, God. I was at a stoplight, Fox, and there was a mother behind me in the car with a child. And let's mm-hmm. just say this mother was very passionate. Okay. She's listening to some music. I don't know what she's listening to, but she's doing what can only be described as a 70s acid trip Woodstock experience where she's moving her hands, going, uh, nice. she's moving her mouth, singing, uh, uh, and we're at a stoplight. And then, like, she's got her Seven kid in the car time. seat in the back, and she's going, uh, uh, with her hands, going, uh, uh, and she's like, she's like, mouthing all the words, uh, 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 with her hands, and then comes out the phone. She brings out her freaking iPhone and she's taking selfies with the kid at the stoplight while also still keeping in sync with the with the with the rhythm and the words uh uh with the stoplight and taking the pictures and I'm like I'm looking behind she's me. She's not excited to dictate how old she is. She's I'm, got this. I'm looking behind me. I'm like, what <laughs> am I witnessing? Bitch, we had a stoplight. It's gonna turn green, and you're sitting there with your selfies, singing, taking pictures of your kid in a car seat. You should get with it right now, because, I mean, you got plenty of time to take care of your kid. I mean, that's, I don't know if this is the time to be, uh, good for you getting that music, sing to your kid, but put that phone away. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I'm making fun of it right now, but I absolutely hate when people use their phones when they drive. Just, just, just the whole selfie singing stoplight, taking pictures of your car seat kid thing. Is it like, that's, that's a bridge too far for me. Like, like, yeah, you love your kids, take pictures of them, but like... Like you're involved in too many things at once right now. I, I know I'm being boomerish right now, but that's just just get with it, bitch. I don't feel like it's boomerish to try not to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're stopped. We're at a stop, but yeah, but not not permanently. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we took the cats to the vet today, Fox, and that was oh, yeah. something. So we were worried that Blackie, as anyone who knows our cats, Blackie and Whitey, white cat, black cat. So Blackie had a little bit of a. Uh, perhaps intermittent blood in his stool. We weren't sure. So we, were, we weren't sure. Carrot was concerned. I was not concerned because I'm not concerned with these things. Carrot's always concerned, which yeah, is good. Should. Someone should be the concerned one. Someone should be the, eh, it's fine guy. I'm the, eh, it's fine guy. And so there was a blotch, as you could compare, like a berry on a windshield. It wasn't uh-huh. really on the, on, the, on the floor outside the litter box. It wasn't really indicative to me of like, oh, there's tons of blood in the stool. But Carrot's like, oh, I wipe his, quote, poopy bottom. Which poopy mm. bottom was used at the vet maybe five times, and I stopped in the middle of the conversation. And I said, "Excuse me, can we can we take a second here and appreciate the phrase poopy bottom?" Yeah. And uh, to which the vet assistant enjoyed, and the vet didn't flinch because the vet was the fox danger, and the vet assistant was me. So the vet assistant got a uh, they they had to keep their composure when I said, "Can we appreciate the phrase poopy bottom for a second? Because because my wife kept describing the cat's bottom and said he has a poopy bottom and sometimes I wipe it and there's a there's a little bit of blood in the wipe or whatever and I'm concerned that his poopy bottom might be a and I'm hearing poopy bottom over and over again and I'm just I'm trying to keep it together because I'm hearing I'm hearing poopy bottom and it's pretty good so we took him to the vet we had to obviously get the poop so we're doing embos on a Friday night it didn't happen Thursday night it almost did. But Friday night rolls around. We're doing embos because we have to 
We've had to, I've lost someone in the group. We'll get that in a second. Just, we've lost a member of the group and we've had to replace them. So we have to adjust to a whole new system here. And so that member is getting white mage up to speed so we can do our body as the mm-hmm. last of the tier threes we have to accomplish here. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, but it's actually not that bad. We're doing pretty well. So we're doing emboses and during embose, I'm doing blue and carrots doing summoner. So we're the TP reduction force. And we're trying the cats meowing, and they go. Oh, I hear cats meowing a lot over the over Discord every time I press the button. They're like, "What's going on with those cats?" And it's like, it's like they have to take a poop right now. We got to take their poop to the vet. So like the cats keep meowing, and we have like five minutes left in Umbos round one, and the cats are meowing. It's so, like, and the cat gets in the box, and carrot goes to run over to it, and it run, jumps out of the box. It's not going to go to the bathroom, and we have a Ziploc bag taped to the wall, so we can try and collect poop in a bag to take yeah. to, to take to the vet. And we're trying to do embos while we're trying to collect poop. And it doesn't happen. And the cat's running around. Meow. Meow. I had to shit. Meow. And the cat's running around. We go to round two. We're in the, we're in the, the, the lobby trying to change jobs at round two. Meow. And we're in the middle of buffing up. And the cat's like trying to get in the box again to go. And so mm-hmm. Carrot is getting ready or whatever. And we're trying to collect poop out of the cat with a Ziploc bag out of its ass. Just so we can take it to the vet in the morning while we're trying to do embos and not lose time out or anything. And that was that was the embos from hell. We're trying to collect shit in our hands. We'll try to do embos. Oh, it was it was it was an experience that we considered, you know, postponing embos until that's done. (laughs) You can't we 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 were waiting all day for the cat to go, and it's like, okay, you're not gonna go, we're gonna go to embos. Like we waited all day for this cat. It did not happen. Carrot was home all day and the cat did not poop. We're talking sun up to sun down. Cat didn't take a shit. Unfortunate. It had breakfast. It had the wet food. Had its dry food. Had more dry food. Didn't go take a shit. Had some treats. Didn't take a shit. We're trying to give it treats to go shit. Wouldn't shit. So we're like, okay, we're not going to cancel the run for the cat might shit. <laughs> we're not going to cancel the run on that as much as we could. <laughs> Sorry, guys. See you, see you Monday. The cat might take a poop. I feel like this is quite the accent for the ranger episode. <laughs> Uh, and so that was that was this morning, but I had to mm. I had to take two cats and carriers that did not want to be forced into these confined spaces and and carry them both at one time while someone drove the vehicle. So that was mm. I, I had some cats that were going. He went they had someone went the wrong way, got on the fucking wrong road because I thought they were saying get on thirty three, but that was not not the right road. So that was that in game. Unbelievable. Okay. In, yes, in game. We have uh, lost a member of our static. We replaced them with someone else that, you know, it's like, eh, okay, I guess. And uh, we're trying to work forward with that. We got two more fights here. And then I want to reduce our knights or whatever until we get the rest of the sortie or whatever's going on. Maybe make them more casual. Maybe have one knight just be a master trial attempt. Just get get a little more get a little more casual with, with our uh, statics here after we beat the content. Because we're going to beat it. Uh, have one or two knights be some RP knights or whatever, do some sortie, do some master trials, do some, go to a party, like break it up more. We're trying to really just beat these tier threes and, and Bumba and then we'll be done with it. So we're, we're focusing exclusively on Monday as sortie, the rest every night that we meet, uh, which is, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, beyond Monday mm-hmm. is, uh, is our, our Odyssey runs to try and do that stuff or our shoal seas to keep our points up because our points got low and that's that. Uh, otherwise, I got Satan Cobra from a uh, a nice little wife shouting to get me Satan Cobra. It cost me an arm and a, a genital, but I have obtained 
<laughs> the, the weapon I've been trying to get for a while. So I'm going to do that hopefully with you tomorrow for the next two, three runs in diversions to cap that weapon out and have a nice little fun niche dancer weapon. To, yeah, to I saw that on the uh, I saw that on the auction house. I was like, "Wow, these are actually here!" So I sent you a Discord message, but I guess you'd already yep. Done that and road. I said that they are on the auction house for 150 million, Gil, because <laughs> David P is crafting them. Whatever. So shout out to Bullmong because the moment David P put it on the auction house, Bullmong had botted an SU4 and SU5 instantly from this guy putting the auction house. So shout out to <laughs> Bullmong for botting daggers off the auction house. That piece of shit. There you go. I was I was amazed because this guy was talking to Carrot as he was putting it up and it was gone off the auction house. I go, that guy's fucking botting. There's no way. There is <laughs> there is like a less than a tenth of one percent of a chance that guy was watching the auction house at the exact moment it went on and he saw it refresh and bought it instantly. Even the Horus knife, he bought two different weapons instantly the moment they went up at the same time. That that's that's no way. So you know. Well, hopefully when, when Fujito says he's working on unauthorized playstyles, Bullmung gets the kick in the ass. Because yeah. I've been trying to camp it for over a month, and this guy probably has not been trying to camp it. And to have some guy outbot me for something that I've been waiting forever for, that had to be paid over price for, it's like, come on, that's just, like, do you really care? Like, if he loves Dancer, good for him. Okay, I can at least be like, okay, this guy loves Dancer, I don't feel bad about it. But if there's some random guy trying to do some random Arabati round one, he goes, oh, they use Dancer in this setup on auction house, so I'm going to make a Dancer now, I'm going to make this or something. Uh, then that that kind of annoys me because they don't give a shit. They're just doing it for one one moment, one flash in a pan, and they're gone. I actually want to use this on a job in general that I really like. So, mm-hmm. not that I deserve it more. I don't deserve it at all. But that's that. Otherwise, I have on BG made a whole new section. So first, I pitched a private server section to the admin only channel of the BG Discord, and no one gave a shit. <laughs> Got no response. I go, okay. And they started talking about other stuff because we had a big update with the version update of the wiki and the dark mode update, which has been causing a lot of visual problems, as I knew it would, as I was not excited about, as I initially discouraged making dark mode for this exact reason. And this reason's been lingering for three weeks now or so, and it's very frustrating. So otherwise, I made a whole section because no one, you're not going to respond? Okay, fine, I'll make a whole section. So there is a whole private server section of BG now with an explicit write-out of explicit segregation from anything to do with the retail game. Absolutely nothing at all is to be touched of retail. It is not 100% accurate. If you don't know, don't fucking change anything. Don't mess anything up. You know. And here's the exact specific criteria. Here's the pages you're allowed to have of the names and titles. If they're not this, you can't have them. That's it. We now have a private server section of the BG Wiki Discord, of which I've been making a page for the Cat's Eye server. Because after a couple weeks of camping... Uh, Aquarian Observation Hands, I finally got them to drop for my, stupid, for my stupid Black Mage, which has been something. So I'm enjoying yeah, that. You got hands, so you're good. There's a few people on the Discord, uh, Lucifer, Cavill, a few of the people who are on Cat's Eye with me right now, just messing around. I'm enjoying that casual experience of doing whatever in a completely customized environment. Like to unlock Geo or Rune Fencer to beat six jobs on that kind of stuff. I think that's nifty, so... Right. that's been that otherwise um that's that's about it yeah okay <laughs> i made uh i made some borscht carrot won't eat it because she said it tastes like dirt but i absolutely love fucking borscht well that's just beets for you for most people beets what are you laughing about over there it does taste like dirt 
It doesn't taste. It's the beets. The beets taste like dirt. They don't taste like dirt. To her, we had truffle brie. A lot of food, and I'm one of those people who also think it tastes like dirt. We had truffle brie today, and she said, "Oh, this tastes like dirt." I go, "It just has a little bit of truffle in it. It's not fucking dirt." That's fair. I can see that. What did it taste like? Dirt truffle brie, or that it? Yeah, because it has like the earthiness to it. Yeah, it's it's earthy. It's different from dirt. Yeah, but I mean. It depends on how hoity-toity you want to be. Like, earthiness can be nice, but if you're just going for normal-ass food that tastes good in a traditional sense, you don't need that stuff. So, weekends, Fox. (laughs) Weekends, we have a few things going on. We have the uh, coffee and kuchen. We have the the sweets with the coffee in the morning. We have then, we have cheese and bread in the afternoon with whatever we want. It's always a cheese and bread afternoon on the weekend. We don't have any time on the weekends. Cheese and bread, easy-go, delicious. Uh, fucking not great for you, but but delicious. And that's the time where we bring out the random cheeses that we pick up on sale. We stalk the clearance cheese, Fox. All right, seventy percent off truffle brie that would normally go for it's it's, it's like name brand truffle brie. I go look at this. I go, how is someone not buying this? <laughs> it's like it's it's like buying any other major international name brand stuff. Seventy percent. I'm like, I look at this. I'm like, how does someone not buy truffle brie? Like truffle alone is supposed to like make people go, ooh, it's truffle. I'm like, I don't give a shit, it's truffle, but people go, ooh, it's supposed to be fancy. Like like they move to avocado oil, like, oh, oh, avocado oil. That's, well, that's usually exotic. when people see like an arbitrarily expensive well, it's yeah. not arbitrarily expensive. There's a reason why it's expensive, but whenever someone see it sees like an expensive ingredient like that, like you expect more out of it than what you get a lot of the time, unless Correct. you're used to having like fine shit all the time. So I, I don't know. Like I'm usually down on that unless I can get it at a reasonable value and, and like a close approximation to what it should taste like. So I'm okay with having like the second best option <laughs> Fox, when it comes to those sorts of things. Every day at work for years now, I eat just rice. Okay. I scrimp and save with just rice to have for my lunch to save money. And I buy the nice stuff for the weekend. Okay. So my exotic, fancy, hoity toity stuff is because I eat the absolute most basic, cheapest, plainest stuff during the week to get to my weekends. All right, man. Well, I mean, you can do that, or you. Can I just, just want you to know that I'm, I'm doing the extremes in both ways. I, I yeah, which I think is strange. Like you can just you can make all sorts of really great food like throughout the week. And, I and do for dinner. Dinners are nice. Breakfast, eat. dinners nice. Lunch, uh, lunch is cheap. Like, get through the day stuff. Like I can make some really delicious stuff, but I never pay an arm and leg for it. <laughs> oh no, I don't. I don't pay an arm and leg for it either. I get everything on discount. Oh okay. I don't buy anything expensive normally. Like maybe for Christmas or something, I'll get like like lamb or something. Otherwise, I don't buy shit. Sausage, peppers, onions is cheap because that that sausage is on sale. <laughs> I don't just mean sale like oh this week is on sale. I mean like oh it has the clearance sticker on it. <laughs> That's actually why I got those base rank because it was the uh, manager's clearance. There you go. Because <laughs> normally I would I couldn't justify a bag of shrimp. <laughs> we have a bag of shrimp too that was on clearance that we have in the freezer we had to use, but I've been avoiding it because I had to plan ahead. Plus the fridge is always full of every other. We get the produce on clearance, so the fridge is full of produce, eggplants, peppers, everything. It was like it was like thirty seven percent off though. So like first I, I I look at it and I go, there's no way I'm eating discount shrimp. And then I circled back and I was like, I really want shrimp because I haven't had seafood since living in the middle of fucking nowhere. I'm so confused how I can get chiabata for seventy percent off. I'm confused, but I, I don't care. I'll, like chiabata, I just fucking you can keep it for weeks after you buy it too in the fridge. It refuses to go. It refuses to go. It's full of preservatives and shit. This isn't normal. Like your mom made it chiabata. This is fucking. 
you know, factory made ciabatta. It's got preservatives and shit in it. And it's, <laughs> I put it in the toaster oven and everything. There's nothing better than when I get super stale bread, like super stale sourdough, and put it in borscht. Like dip it in. That's that's fucking great. Honestly, ciabatta always tastes super stale to me, no matter what. Like it can be. It's supposed to be. It can be somewhat fresh. Yeah, and I I always shy away from it because like while it has like really delicious like herb taste to it, like it's also offsetting the. (laughs) I love offsetting the absolutely terrible like stale taste. (laughs) I love it with bruschetta. Bruschetta is one of my fucking favorites. Absolutely, that's how we grow the basil and everything. Bruschetta is amazing, but also just for making in the morning quickly with uh some eggs avocado we did today because we had to go we had to break up our our morning coffee and half of a crumb cake with a stroopwafel with uh, the coffee we had to break it up we had to do just like a something quick to go to the vet at like eight in the morning and then by 11 we were having our normal coffee and stuff but we had i took the ciabatta with some avocado and eggs and called it simple with some hot sauce delicious all right I don't understand people whenever they play this game they're like um, they they bring out like some some hot pocket or something i never understand because you have, you're playing this game. You have time to go do something. Like even just cheese and bread is better than a lot of stuff people make on this game. Yeah, I usually spend about an hour a day cooking. So like an hour a day least. is extreme in terms of what you can do, but you definitely yeah. can do great stuff in an hour. But you can do great stuff. Yeah, in 15 well, minutes. I mean, I could I could throw a fucking salad together in 15 minutes, but I might as well like make something if I'm gonna, you know, take the time to go out and buy it and stuff. Otherwise, I'll just get like if if you need to be faster than that, I, I just always think it's like why don't I just get fast food? I mean, it's probably gonna be junk that I'm assembling anyway, right? So I might as well like take yeah, the time to actually cook a meal that's really good. If instead, you, if you cut up some onions and eggs for 15 minutes with with the tomato and fucking stuff, is it really as bad as fast food? I actually don't keep eggs anymore. <laughs> you don't keep eggs? No, no. Dude, eggs are I, my staple. I eat mostly um, mostly pasta and vegetables. <laughs> Like that's that's most of it, and then I I keep uh, like tenderloins in the freezer along with like chicken in the freezer. Um, I keep meatballs in the freezer because I'm not going to hand make meatballs. My freezer's full of seafood, bread, and sausage slash bratwurst. I would actually have a shit ton of seafood in there if I could reasonably get seafood where I live, but I just yeah, can't. That's my that's my coast. That's why I said I can't live anywhere besides a coastal place. Yeah, like if if I was if I was back on the coast, then yeah, I could get it no problem. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, here it's like I, I picked up a bag of shrimp, but I wasn't sure if it was if it was sketchy or not. <laughs> it's why I also love borscht because I keep the dill dried now at all times. I feel like I need more dill. I'll go buy a big thing of dill and just dry it. So I always have dill no matter what. Fresh dill is great, but you know, yeah. having dill twenty four seven because it's dried in the laundry room is always wonderful. So when I do the borscht, I love it because yeah, it may be earthy, but also it's super acidic from the tomatoes and whatever else is in it. But uh, I'll keep the dill hanging there, and I put dill in it. I'll keep sauerkraut. I'll put the sauerkraut in it. I'll keep mm-hmm. sour cream, which I fucking love and carrot hates, and I'll throw sour cream in it. And I'll put raw garlic <laughs> in it. So you have raw garlic in like acidic tomato sauce with with earthy beets and potatoes and carrots and shit, which is mm-hmm. also kind of sweet because of the carrots with with uh, the the richness of the sour cream with the the greatness of the dill with all like all this stuff's going at once with the sourness of the. Uh, against the acidity of the like, like the borscht with all those elements is like so perfect and carrot doesn't do it it's probably she doesn't love the borscht because i used to keep dill all the time um and that was like back when i used to have lamb a lot so i made tzatziki sauce Ooh. Uh, to go with it i do love uh, i used, sauce. I, 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 used to, like I used to make homemade tzatziki sauce and it, it's so good um i always wanted to learn how to make a uh, handmade pita also because i would make my own pitas if possible but yeah, I used to have I used to make like uh, lamb salads with uh, with that sauce as like a dressing, and it was like super good. I keep the plain Greek uh, plain Greek yogurt for that. 
Yeah, I actually just used to eat that that yogurt all the time. Yeah, same. I, I learned to not have sweet yogurt because that's not good. So the plain, like learning to appreciate the flavors, like you have to slowly step down to it if you're not used to it. But once you get used to it, you kind of just want it. And it's funny, like I'm talking about all this like good food right now, but I'm I'm, I'm sitting no less than three feet away from a dozen donuts. <laughs> <laughs> a dozen donuts. I mean, you know, where did you get a dozen donuts, Fox? I get at the store, man. I, I eat these, like I said before, I eat these donuts over the course of like a week. <laughs> dude, dude, donuts get stale pretty fucking quick. A donuts for a week, that's yeah, they do. Yes, you eating stale donuts? Sometimes, uh, sometimes dude, you I need a girlfriend. More. Stale donuts is fucking, <laughs> dude. Get your dick dude, out of that honestly, stale donut. <laughs> oh no way! These are all the cream filled ones. I, oh, I know they're cream filled for, for a pleasure. reason, Fox, and not a good reason. <laughs> I've uh. had this flavor before. <laughs> Ugh. actually no like all historically like my girlfriends don't have, have never made a lot of food it's usually um they usually used to make like cupcakes oh, oh. And i don't know why I but mean, that's almost cute. every single one of them would make cupcakes, cupcakes constantly yeah There's better like half them make a fucking banana bread carrot makes banana bread i like that i usually make the banana bread if banana it's bread is fucking great I make the banana bread. Um, I make the uh, the Korean street bread. Uh, that uh, I've never had all it, these it fucking Asian things you make. Korean street bread, egg and I, like, sausage. You should you should look it up. They're like really easy it. to make. Um, you just need like a, a bread tin, and, uh, and yeah, I it's, got that. It's super good. I imagine you do. Like it's it's you want the the tiny bread tins. You don't want the big one for a loaf. We got twelve like, inch or whatever it is. Yeah, but you uh, you put a sausage in it, and um, it's it's and. And you have like a base. I forget exactly what it's made out of, but you 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 make a um, you make like a bread base, and then you actually crack an egg on top of the sausage, and then you you bake it. Carrot's whole um, thing is she wants to avoid nitrates with like sausage and stuff. I go, honey, we'll just avoid meat no, in general. We're gonna, sausage. Sausage. we're gonna have sausage occasionally because we're not giving up sausage. We'll give up meats more than we'll give up sausage. Like if you, you don't you don't actually have to have the sausage in it. Yeah, I, I know you don't have to have sausage in your Korean street bread, but I'm just saying. Like, uh, you know, the whole we're going to avoid nitrates thing because it's not good for you. I'm like, you know, oh. I'd rather avoid meat in general and have sausage whenever rather than avoid nitrates. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have this sausage because sausage is like one of the most perfect of meat meals. I mean, everything, if you take it out of moderation, is going to be harmful for you. Like, yeah. just well, have well, some yeah, nitrates but and you want to have some nitrates. Just don't have it all the time. I'd rather have like you have tenderloin, Fox. I'd rather have a sausage than a tenderloin. Uh, that's fair. I, that's just it's more delicious of course well, it's, 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 it's worse for you but, because I mean, you, have, you have to you have to thin cut the tenderloin because if you thin cut the pork tenderloin then you can make bulgogi out of it <laughs> or uh or like some sort of like curried udon speaking of bulgogi which i've never had and i know you said you were making it recently i'm like what the i mentioned fuck? it a lot yeah. yeah i know you may mention bulgogi it's also a fun word to say but i've been watching vinland saga since Did our last know? episode and vinland know? saga has been fucking excellent isn't it wait wait uh, you're on season two right season two like episode six yeah. now i just did the one with they need a horse honestly i tell most people just to watch the show's intro and the fucking song like that Dude, song is so good River. i was surprised how english all the intros and outros were yeah yeah like a lot of like um i've watched a lot of intros that are that were performed by millie which is like one of my favorite bands and like a lot of times she sings in like both chinese and english um and then also this other weird made-up language but uh like as, as far as like as far as like animes go like oftentimes they don't they don't have ops in english and this one absolutely is and i think it's uh the, it, it combines perfectly well with the animation for that intro like it's fantastic so it's it's also mappa which had been um campfire no. cooking my absurd skill in another world or whatever the fuck it was the longest title 
It was Chainsaw <laughs> Man, which, you know, everyone fucking loves Chainsaw Man, but also Mappa does uh, Vinland Saga. So Kat responded today, we were watching it with our uh, our, our crumb cake and, and coffee. She goes, they do backgrounds really well. I'm like, you know, the backgrounds are fucking excellent. Yeah. They, there's there's a lot of things that they actually animate pretty excellently. And uh, it, it actually doesn't really come off as an anime. It actually comes off more as like a, like a traditional. Yeah, it, it comes off like more a as a story than an anime itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the animation itself doesn't even really seem that anime. It, like nothing is really grounded. It's very grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you can watch and, something um, weird like uh, the Dissolution Heroes thing, and like that's not that's that's pure anime. But like like Vinland Saga is is very very grounded in terms of it feels like you're witnessing a telling of a story that doesn't seem ridiculous. The the way I usually describe it to people, um, if I find out that like they've seen like Fist or something, is like it, it's Fist of the Viking Star. Fist of the Viking. <laughs> I've not seen Fist of the North Star. So every time you mention Fist of the North Star, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I know. It depends on which one you watch, and and like if you ever get to it, like I I was personally not as big of a fan of like the the old work that came out of the 70s. Um, my buddy is. I I like the 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 newer and you know more updated um, super vi- ultra violence that comes out of it. <laughs> Um, and, and honestly, like Vinland Saga doesn't have like a ton of ultra violence in it, but it has enough and it's very poignant and it really shows you like what life was probably like during that time for a lot of people. It was measured it really in ad- terms of how they apply it. Yeah. And I think it, it adds a lot to like the, when you see these characters go through the shit that they go through, uh, you kind of get an understanding of like why they would make decisions that maybe you would think are just like too outlandish, depending on your, your sensibility. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to look at it differently, but if you look at it in the context of the time and like what people are going through and like uh, Thornfin specifically has like an amazing arc as a character. Um, I, I, I'm all the way up to current. I'm waiting for the next episode to come out this Tuesday and his, his, his arc is fucking fantastic. So, so with I, something I, like Vikings in the history channel, you have like, Oh, look at these costumes and hair. They're on point. It's great. <laughs> but you also have like these sexy characters who are all like, Oh, like these people are so like, they, they pick like the beautiful people to, to pick the roles yeah. here and do the roles. It's like, you get into that. It's like, Oh, I like Vikings or whatever, but it doesn't have the true effect of what a story would be like. So when they yeah. use violence in this case, it's more, it's more means of reacting to your situation. More so than when you take Vikings and you have like cutting heads off or slashing and having battles of camera angles and stuff. That's more of a dramatization of of whatever it would be. I feel like you have the drama with this anime versus having it not be completely how much fighting can we have in it. Like this whole second season has been no fighting. Well, there's been a little bit of fighting, but there's been like no it's it's been more story driven, which is great. It's very it's very I want to see what happens next and next and next is great. It, it is very different from season one and season one was very um, combat driven. Yeah. But season one was still also story driven. It's just, you're not at that point in the story anymore. Yes. Um, you've resolved things in season one. I'm they were intentionally spoilers for people who haven't seen it because they should, they should watch both seasons. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's a different kind of battle that's being waged now. And I think it's a, it's a far more interesting one because you can go anywhere for ultra violence and uh, spoilers. There is some ultra violence in this season. But um, <laughs> you, it's uh, good. If, if, Ultra violence is important to keep you grounded. Yeah, uh, but um, it, it's a different kind of battle that's being waged, and I think it's a really cool one that you very rarely get to see in the medium. And, and it's 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 a it's a really good story. Like the story is fantastic. Um, there's actually an interview. Um, there's a there's a popular uh, YouTuber that covers anime. So his name is Gygic. 
and um, he, or he, he uh, G-I-G-G-U-K. He actually interviews the mangaka who, who wrote Vinland Saga. And that guy has like some, like his ideas behind why he did the story is really good. It's a really good interview. If, if anyone wants to actually watch that, I might, um, I'm really interested in stories and how they get crafted and everything. Um, I think it, I thought it was a really good interview. I thought that guy had a lot of really cool things to say. Um, the, the, the artist that, uh, that did it. And honestly, a lot of things really hit home with me because for a long time, I really wanted to be an animator, not do anime, but just be an animator. Um, it just like feels good really, to make characters and draw stuff. And he, he comes from a background of the same thing where he chose a different path than I did. Like when we, we came to the same crossroads he chose to do it and he, he got like, he, he, he was really satisfied with it at the end. And it's really refreshing to see someone be able to make that choice and have it come out positively for him. So I'm always rooting for that sort of person. So, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty solid. Um, yeah. Great interview though. Uh, G I G G U K. It's one of his most recent things. If you don't care about the, the actual content creator, um, just go there for the interview. Cause like the, the guy who wrote the manga is, is, is a really cool dude. Um, who has a lot of really good things to say about like, you know um, the the idea of, uh, of of family and the themes of of life and death and love that are in Vinland Saga. Um, not to make this a secret Vinland Saga episode because it just became one. Um, but I, yeah, I, I absolutely, I absolutely love. I like looking at them and, and analyzing them. So yeah, it's super it's a scholar episode, Fox. Just we haven't touched on scholar in a bit. It's a scholar it's episode, a scholar. secret yeah, dancer right. scholar episode. We're, we're we're still going for some reason, as you do. <laughs> Yeah, so it's excellent that you brought it up, though. Yeah, definitely watch Vinland Saga if you're yeah. if you're listening. So even if you're not into anime, still watch it. It's yeah, really good. I, honestly, it's it's the least. Uh, it, like when you watch Chainsaw Man, it's very anime, uh, even mm. though it's very well done. It's exciting, good story. But when you watch Vinland Saga, it's less anime and more more an animated medium of telling a story. <clears throat> I'm losing my yeah. voice this far in the episode, but it's more of a, a medium of telling the story through animated uh, art, and it's it's not. It's not pure anime. So if you don't like anime, I think people would like this. Even though if you do like anime, you would like this. I'm not saying, you know, but it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's more, it's more accessible yes. as a story. Yeah, that's for sure. But at any rate, I think this has been a good productive episode, Fox, and I was very happy with this result, and we have not respected our time, though, so I think we should wrap this up. Yeah, I really got to take a piss, so... <laughs> Same. <laughs> you are not alone. All right, it's a cool. no pants zone, but it's not a. Uh, it's not like a, uh, a, a chamber pot zone. So yeah, there's less layers with no pants between me and losing my deposits. So. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Fox. If you have any emails, send them to wtfandfinaldeal@gmail.com or join Final Fantasy R slash Final Fantasy one one. That's numbers. Or. You can join the Discord, it's in the description, or we have a link shell that I need to put in the concierge again on a server server. <laughs> Not that you should join a server, you should join a different server, namely oh. Odin. Odin's a good server to join. Oh, I thought we were still telling him to go to Bahala. Yeah, yeah, we tell him that, but we're going to move to the next one. It's going to be Odin after that, so. Oh, okay. You know, otherwise, we also forgot to mention the April Fool stuff, but I guess that can wait for another time. So Honestly, I hate April Fool's, because like whenever I go to like see some content or something, like everyone is trying to do an April Fool's thing, so Fox, it's like a wasted... Fox, did you see the home points are broken? Because what happened? Oh, yeah. I mean, when it, when it comes to FXI, I thought it was interesting what no, they no, did with yeah. the home points. Did, but... did you see a certain person been fired and ran from home points like Hector Rapido? Because that is, that is... Yeah. I thought it was the best April Fool's they've done, but otherwise, the episode's over. So, <laughs> I tweeted it. That's fine. That's enough. 
Uh, thank That's you, true. Fox, and play us out if you have anything else to say. Yeah, no, we're done. Later, guys. <laughs>